One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. First things first, guys, before we get started with this podcast, do me a solid favor and subscribe to this on whatever platform you're listening to it right now, whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate if you just hit that subscribe button and it lets me know that the content that I'm putting out for you guys is hitting your ears at the right time. Much love. This podcast is sponsored by contentremoval.com. So whether you're looking to remove any images, videos, search results, fake Instagram accounts, get in touch with us at contentremoval.com. Welcome back to the Frankie D podcast. Today, guys, we have one of the wildest men in e-com for all the right reasons in terms of the numbers he does, in terms of the business he does, in terms of the lifestyle he's 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 led. <laughs> Bryce Monkovich, welcome to the podcast, my well, man. Thank you for having me, mate. You, uh, mate. What are you thinking of the new studio, bruv? Love it, mate. Loving the mood lights. It's a bit of a vibe, like couch. <laughs> it's Just a bit comfy. Here we it's go. A, it's, here we go. Here we go, mate. Mate, I'm 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 hyped. ready to settle in. I'm, <laughs> I'm hyped for this one because I don't have a clue where it's going. Oh God, I hope it's not going anywhere too crazy. I'll tell you that much, <laughs> mate. I think the best place to to give people a bit of an insight to you. Obviously, some of them might know you in terms of like sincere Sally and, and yep. that ecom store and everything like that. But how did you kind of first get into the like the e-com space like how how is it brought into your like sphere of thinking yeah that's a good question all right so basically um in about 2007 i started um like everyone like everyone um especially my generation i'm 31 so a 90 baby so basically everyone when you first get out of school especially in like the big crash of like 2008 2007 yeah you know there was a lot of like multi-level marketing stuff like that going on so I jumped straight into that space and there's a thing called Mona V. So I don't know if you guys know it, but it's basically like Herbalife. And oh, yeah. you got you got into the like the herba yeah. herba isogenics route. Oh yeah. you sick yeah. man. Yeah, I was a sick man, all right. So anyway, <laughs> getting back into it. So basically, yeah, so I started selling that and then it just wasn't working and it wasn't my vibe to like bring people over to your house and try to sell them stuff and like I didn't have a house so, either. So I was most, out of the, van. Mo- most of the people you were trying to sell to with, with like a lot of these things is like your family your friends yep. and yep. that's 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 the kind of uh, stigma that kind of has with it yeah it I is. mean there's nothing wrong with multi-level marketing per se mm. I mean they, they actually say like multi-level marketing is one of the fastest ways to to you know form residual income yep but there is a hell of a stigma with it. oh yeah there's a huge stigma but yeah so anyway so um, my dad's partner, uh, she at the time was um, well into it and started helping us out. And yeah, we we're just staying down, me and my friend Slinger. So yeah, as a school friend, we just sat down in her <laughs> little um, like downstairs area and we we're just trying to hustle like these, um, what you'd call like healthy energy drinks. Right. Anyway, so we realized that we couldn't um, sell them peer to peer. So we're like, well, let's try selling them on eBay. So we started selling them on eBay and then, you know, it was all really, really cool. They like... Brought us to like different things with like Lee Priest and like there was like these famous bodybuilders, whatnot. And you know, they give us a hummer to make us look cool and look like we're like balling and all this sort of stuff. And yeah, and then when they sort of found out that we were selling it on eBay and whatnot, at the time they had never sold this stuff online. 
So they basically said to us, you guys got to stop. And it's all peer-to-peer. And only the people at the top, they're like diamonds or something. So basically at this point, you've kind of found out by accident that selling things online yeah. is a better way to do it. Yep. So I was basically um, buying it in bulk and then shipping it out one piece at a time. But we didn't get too far with it because they shut it down really quickly. And so I'm like, well, this is a brand that I was like fully invested in. Like I thought, oh, this is, this is it. So next minute I kick that and then I'm off to the mines. So I'm off to the mines, like I just finished up trying to be like, because I was at the time I was doing a lot of mixed martial arts and trying to like go pro and like basically just traveling and stuff like that. Is this like how that. you know Barrett? Yeah, yeah so that's yeah. how I know Barrett. So yeah, so we used to train together back in 2007, stuff like that. So yes, yeah, so we just, um, I did a lot of the MMA stuff and then, you know, it was, I was like, went to Japan for a little bit to do some like, um, like renovations and everything like that. And then I got home, went to the mines and then while I was in the mines, I met this really interesting character. His name is Mark. And yeah, he's just so inspirational. He's this 40-year-old guy and he just kept saying to me, mate, I'm going to buy this yacht. It's half a million bucks. All I want is my yacht and I'm just going to go around the world on the yacht and just take people like traveling and stuff like that and that's what he's going to do. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sick. And I was like, I was so inspired by it. So so, so, so hold on a minute. Mm. Mark, Mark had just been working in the mines for like 20 years. Rolling. No, he hadn't. So Mark, he was a very, very interesting character. Like he had a real big backstory and um, he ended up in the mines, dirt broke. Like he was flat broke again and he had to start again. But he had a two-year goal where he was going to flip a house and basically like work in the mines and save up enough cash to buy this yacht. Right. And um, yeah, I was inspired. And then he taught me how to build automated foreign exchange robots. So basically how to build foreign exchange robots to go on and basically bet on trends in the foreign exchange market. So so he, he taught you that after a 10-hour day of working in the mines? Yeah, well, it was funny working in the mines. I don't like to say this, but we used to just sit around a lot. And there was a lot of banter. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I'm sick of the banter. So I just started hanging out with the people there that had, like, inspirations and things. So we'd sit around for eight hours and um, just talk business. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Love so it was really, really cool. So, yeah, so he um, taught me that and then I cracked this way. I was like running at like 70, 73% win rate, which is a profitable win rate, right? Yeah, massively profitable. Yeah, and um, no one would invest in me and I just had no cash to my name because I was a bit of a party animal. So I spend all my money every week <laughs> from the mines. <laughs> Mate, I've heard about your party animal. We're going to go you into know, that later, I reckon. Sounds good. <laughs> so, yeah, man, like, so yeah, this guy was just so inspiring. So finished up at the mines and then this thing sort of flopped and I was like, oh, no one wants to invest in me, like, man, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, I'm just going to figure out something new. No, but what did you do? You said you were 73% profitable. Yeah. So how much money did you put into the... 500 bucks. Right, and you turned it into how much? Well, I didn't really, like seven, 800 bucks, but it was like, at the time, I was partying all the time, like... I didn't really have huge inspiration. And, and so, so these FX trading robots, because I always thought they were a big old scam, but you're saying mm. they just auto-trade on like little just, little, little minute yeah, margins. Yeah, just little like trends and things like that. Like, yeah, basically it just runs on historical values. So, yeah, at the time, like, you know, I'm not too sure. It's so long ago, but yeah, that's basically what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, so once all that was done, um, moved on, come back to, I think it was Sunny Coast. And yeah, then um, started building a basically an app that was called BedCamp. And the app was a Kama Sutra workout for like you basically working out while you can like, you know, do Kama Sutra and build your muscles and your stuff with your partner. Hold, hold on a minute. Slow the fuck down. So you, you've you gone from Forex Trading Box yep. to Kama Sutra fitness app. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> How the fuck did you pull that out of your head? Um, I was literally just walking along and I was just thought of it. I don't know. I was literally, I can actually remember the day. I was like, I was walking like, I think it was along like the Malulabar strip. And I was just like, boom, that's a great idea. And I told a few people, they're like, yeah, that's a crazy idea. And I'm like, I just started building it. And so <laughs> I had to go learn Xcode and everything like that. And, um, like it was do, do very you know, basic. Do you know? Yeah, but the thing I love the thing I love about your story already mm. is the fact that you aren't deterred by the fact that you had to learn how to code. Mm. So you've gone, okay, this is an out there idea. Yeah, I'll learn how to code so I can build the the, the minimum viable product myself, right? Yep. Which which I want a lot of you that are listening to this to get because. You know, there's no barriers to people starting anything. You can learn off YouTube. You can learn to code. You can do anything if you if you put your mind to it, which is yeah, exactly what you did. Definitely. How long did it take you to learn the basic fundamentals of coding to be able to code that app? Probably six months. And but I was very very lucky at the time. Um, I had friends that knew how to code, and they would help me out with it. But a lot of the time, it was just YouTube videos. So a lot of copy and paste from YouTube, and basically just really winging it. And when I actually went and submitted it. Um, Apple got back to me and they're like, the interface was crap. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't really know how to make it better. And I was just like, eh. So I put that project to the side for a little bit. And at the time as well, I was looking at building um, basically um, online like um, poker robots that could play um, poker, like 24 screens of poker at once on poker stars. So basically um, that there is like it's – you know, it just plays like really basic poker, um, fifteen hundred chips, um, one two dollar tables. But where, but where are you pulling these ideas from? I'm just literally like I just had friends that are into poker. Like I got obsessed with poker. So you, so, so you just literally like testing, just bouncing, just bouncing and testing everything yeah. to see what sticks. Well, you got to remember, this is literally all I do. <laughs> so like yeah. that was my interest. My interest was I don't even know if it was like even the money side of things. Like obviously, I love making money. Like, no matter what, I love making money. But, like, it was more like the journey, I guess. And, you know, the money was always, like, a big thing on my mind. Oh, I want to make money. But, like, things never worked out if I was just chasing the money. So, you know, it was more about just the project itself. And You you just you just literally a lad having fun, weren't you? Just like, I was just, yeah, I was having a great time. And, um, <laughs> yeah, with the poker stuff, I made, like, five, six grand in, like, a couple of weeks. And then um, there was a, it was on my birthday and... um. Basically, I jumped online on a table with Gus Hansen, who Gus Hansen, he might not be known now, but he is like one of the world poker tour guys. And right, I've got okay. screenshots of this. I think it's on one of, one of my old Instagrams. And anyway, I was super proud of it. And he waxed me for every cent in like 15 minutes. So how much is every cent at that time? It was like six grand. Six grand. So that's yeah. all your money gone again. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it's on my birthday. I think I'm 23 at the time. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> But it was, it was a good experience, man. And, like, obviously, like, yeah. Break, br- break down how you built the robots, though, just to play the poker tables. So, with the poker stuff, um, I didn't actually have to build build them from scratch. There was a lot of software at the time. So, basically, you buy the software and then you put them on and then you can um, basically nurture the bot to how you play normally. So, I was reading a lot of poker books at the time. And so, you could basically be like, all right, if you're on big blind, small blind, um, say you're on the big blind. Um, and then it goes around and you're like the third person left on the table because they're 1500 chip tables and it's like one dollar two dollar to buy in because they're like really small cap tables so you get a lot of fish in them and so basically if it goes to like you and you're on the big blind the blinds are so big you just go all in on anything that's like a king or 
high card. Yeah. Stuff like that. So it's like it was basically built on odds. Odds and everything. Like as if like a robot was playing continuous poker. A good poker player would be able to smash it a bit. But these like this level of playing, like there was actually a lot of other bots on there as well. Like I wasn't the first person doing it by a long shot. But I was just trying to join in and I'd try to get on tables that didn't have as like many other bots because at the time it was a big thing to be botting poker. Yeah. So, yeah, so it got banned in Australia though. Yeah. So how long was it between you starting that and getting banned? Um, Well, I think like I was playing poker for like two years, but like when I built the robots and had it going, I think after that beat, like bad beat or from Gars, um, I think maybe like one month after it got banned in Australia doing online poker. So then you pivot to what? Um, so I'll pivot back to the app. Right, so this is the Karma Sutra app. So hold on, I want to go into this, right? Yeah. So you're walking down Malulabar Malu- Beach, right? And you're thinking to yourself, right, I'm going to do Karma Sutra fitness app. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure your yeah, head out yeah. here, right? Then you start building this app. So how how does this actually work? What does this give the end user? Just, just, just break it down for me. Okay, so basically it gives an end user. So like... At the time, I was struggling to go to gym and stuff. And, like, if you have, like, a partner, you could just stay at home and, like, <laughs> you, you know, work out. You can't be serious. <laughs> you're being serious, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, man. Fuck, so, you know, you're, you're fucking funny. I knew, I knew this was going to be hilarious. So, you so you literally built the, a Karma Sutra fitness app and you yep. sold it. You actually sold it. I never sold it. It couldn't get on. So so now we'll get back to the story. So remember when I went to go put on Apple and they said that the interface was bad? Yeah. So that's when I sort of gave up on it yeah. and moved back into the poker scene. So after the poker thing, um, what is it? I went to my mum and uh, my mum and Arnie were like, hey, like we're a bit worried about you. You're like almost becoming like 24, 25. Um, you haven't really done anything with yourself yet. Like here I am. I've tried everything under the sun. Like I'm thinking I'm going to like I'm going to make it in something. Yeah, I just yeah, don't know yeah. what yet. Law of averages. Yeah. So you just got to compound focus. So I went over there and my uncle, I was lucky enough to go over there with my uncle. So where'd you go to? Uh, China. China, yeah. So they shipped me off on New Year's, I think in 2014. <laughs> Literally shipped me off. So, so, oh, slow down. So your family now mm. have shipped you off to China yes. because they because they want you to <laughs> they want you to go and do something successful. Yeah. So what's so what's what's in China for you then? So your family your family have got factories in China. Yeah. Or? So basically, um, uh, part of our family they we supply all the chains so um, bars for Still and John Deere and we do like a lot of like different um, like parts and stuff for John Deere and still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. I went off to the chi- um, the Chinese factory and worked there with my uncle for six months. And yeah, and then I was there and I was still grinding away on this app, trying to make like the interface look good and just basically making the app like good enough to get on Apple. And at the time, like I'm all about shortcuts. I'm trying to shortcut it all and all this stuff and it wasn't working out. <laughs> and honestly, so I'm living in China and it's absolutely amazing. So China's decent. Well, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. But like... Um, obviously we had different living standards. Um, when I was living in like, um, Nunchang, like we're living like normal people, like normal, but then in like, um, in Da'an, it was like, you know, we're just living like the way it is there. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I'm not really bothered where I live. I can like live on the floor. I can do whatever I sort of like thing, you know, like I'm pretty cruisy. Like it's just, though, just a great experience for a young yeah, man to have, isn't it? It was insane. And so, yeah, we just go there and. 
I'd rock up and I was just like this cheeky little smart ass. And I'd rock up every day and I'd just try to make my uncle laugh and he'd just like get back to work. What 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 was your main job in China? Um, it's not really had a main job. I think I was just there for the experience. And like whatever like my uncle needed, I'd just sort of do stuff. But really, honestly, it was like one big holiday and he treated me like a king over there. And it was a really good experience. But then, you know, we went to Russia and um, he was meant to be doing this deal with Russia when we were um, hanging out with basically like all the people from John Deere and everything like that. And, you know, he ended up landing the Russian deal and stuff. But afterwards, he's just like, I just don't know if you cut out for it. Like, you want to work <laughs> on your app. And, you know, like, I gave you this experience. I'm like, yeah, it's true. So I went home and I'm just sitting on the plane the whole way home. And I was just so disappointed in myself. And I was just like, fuck it, I've got to go home. And he's like, his words to me were, go home, get an education. Because without an education, when you hit 30, if you don't have a business or an education, you're fucked. You're fucked, pretty much. Yeah, he's saying. So I'm like, you know what? This is a guy inspired to be like. So, so you come back, yeah, right? and and now 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 you're you got a bit of cash in your pocket. No cash. You got no. You got no. Ca- what you done? <laughs> what, what, hold on a minute. You just been working in China. Yeah, for Yeah, but I'm just not very good at saving. So, what were you, what? so I come home with no cash to start again. Mate, you're, you're a liability, yeah. Well, I was a liability, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway, so I got home. First thing I did was um, signed up for a TAFE course to do accounting, so to get diploma in accounting. And I'm like, well, this is going to be a good start because at least it fixes my cash issues because I'm going to save, I'm going to learn about cash flow. And a lot of my businesses in the past, like you make money and spend it all, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so basically that's where it was sort of like at. So I started like, I went to the TAFE in the Sunshine Coast and started the um, accounting and um, I was about three months into it and all the questions I had to ask, ask the, the teacher, they, I don't know, like, I don't know if they're edgy questions or like, I just don't know. I just wasn't vibing it. I wasn't learning it. I, I pushed through the class so fast that I just like, I wasn't learning anything anymore. So yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to muck around doing this. And you were, you were probably trying to ask edgy accountancy ideas that probably weren't even weren't even on the curriculum type thing. A hundred percent. You were like, oh, so, so how do, so how do we move this from a trust into a yeah. PC? Yeah. yeah, yeah, this isn't the class for you, bro. Yeah, so I was just like, you know, I was just, I probably still was that little smart ass at the time, and like, man, I was just enjoying life, you know. But at this point, like, I'm 26, so you know, I was 26. I'm kicking on, and I'm like. I've started all these businesses and then I was super lucky. One of my best friends, um, Isaac, we, uh, we started a dog hat company. So we're selling hats for dogs. Yeah. So, so, so like this is, this, this is where you get your first viral product. Yes. So this is where it all starts. So yeah, so we're sitting around and we've seen this dog wearing a hat on Instagram. <laughs> it was like one in the morning and me and him, we grinded. We had an uh, agency called Humblebee Agency. And so basically, we went around to dentistries and we do their ads. And like our logo was, yeah, I, I, if you I, smile, we yeah, smile. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing this. this yeah. Business, yeah. So, yeah, we're doing that. And then we, as like, yeah, it was 1 p.m. At, oh, sorry, 1 a.m. And we see this cute puppy wearing this hat. And I'm like, everyone in the comments were like, I need this hat. Where do I buy it? And me and Isaac were like, let's build a store. And comment on it. You can buy it from here. We did it and it just went viral. So we then ran a little bit of traffic. We put about $1,000 in traffic behind it. And I think it got like 9 million views, which is insane for like that amount of spend. What what year was this though? 
I think it was in 2016. Was this your first insight into how much paid traffic can tra- transform a business? Pretty much. Um, it was like hitting the lottery. So we made about $30,000 in like a few days. It and you didn't crazy. even have the product, did you, at this time? No, like um, we already like organized it in, um, in China to like have it manufactured because it wasn't a really a real product. And so, yeah, we're super lucky. Like we just winged it. Like usually when you scale something really hard, you have product issues. But this here, it just flowed so smoothly. Like, I wish we could go back to those days where everything flowed so smoothly. Yeah, yeah. Cause, and then... Because nowadays, what... Like, I've done a lot of podcasts with people in e-com, um, especially people like... Some some people like yourself that start yeah. in the dropshipping method. And the, the what I need the audience to understand is that it's not fucking easy, dropshipping. Like, yeah. especially now. Now is fucking hard. It's so Very competitive, hard, yes. isn't it? And you, you, you can build a store, scale it to 30 grand, next... Next month, completely not profitable. Have to start again. Yeah. It's literally like what you're in right now, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny because we had this thing going and like, you know, I was out, I was actually out one day horse riding. It was funny. And I made my <laughs> first like thousand dollars before like 12 p.m. So, so that's when you, that's, that's when you're starting to think to yourself, okay, this is how I need to earn money. Because you heard, this was the first time you'd heard that Shopify thing. Um, Yeah, so at the time, so I knew about Shopify at the time because um, I've built like a lot of different websites in the past on like WordPress, Wix, stuff like that. Like um, I was in in the time before the Shopify and everything like that. So when Shopify came, it made things a lot easier, like even Oberlo, because before that people were shipping, um, going straight to AliExpress and manually fulfilling orders until like Shopify and Oberlo and stuff came out. So yeah, so there was like a lot of mentors back then, like there was Jonathan Bard. Um, I'm not too sure if he's in the scene anymore. I actually tried to reach out to him the other day because, um, you know, I was just wanting to tell him how much he inspired me back in the day. And then there was like Adrian Morris and stuff like that. Yeah, the, Mo- the Morris brothers actually. There's two Morris yeah. brothers, isn't there? I think so. That the, the, There's Adrian and there's another one as well. There's another Morris brother and they both killed it in both affiliate marketing yep. and e-com. They were, uh, they were well, early doors. Early yeah, doors. well, I'm pretty sure they're like the face of Shopify now. Yeah. So it was interesting. And then we um, started watching a lot of like Ty Lopez and stuff. So Ty, he did like the 60, uh, 67 Steps program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people got hyped up about that. Yeah, well, well, actually, see, Luke McGuire, who I had on the podcast as well, he, ages ago, seven, eight, nine, ten, tenth podcast, he he was one of Australia's top affiliate marketers. Yeah. Obviously, he was aligned with with um, Ty with Ty, and he he was saying that 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 Ty had only written like six or seven steps when he yeah. sold when he sold out the whole thing when he pumped it, and then yeah. he wrote the other the as other six. He went. Yeah, he wrote it as he yeah. went. So he's like, "Oh, this will work." So he, so he called it sixty-seven steps, yep. and then wrote the other sixty. I think steps. it was like week by week he started bringing it out. Yeah, man. So it's a, it's a clever business model. He's very and, very clever, and that's and that's one thing that I want a lot of people to understand is the fact of like with in this like info info space and ecom space. Yeah. You can, you can. I mean, it's not ideal in a lot of cases to launch, but you can, you can test the product and you can test things without actually having the products. A hundred percent. So, what I would say with all this sort of stuff is like, you'd probably stick to one supplier. So, what I do, I build relationships, like long term relationships, things like that, and basically, I'll jump supplier to supplier and I'll use them for every single thing that I have in my business. So, 
whatever like is used for other drop shipping stores or make sure they can supply because in the end a supplier can supply anything like they're basically a middleman yeah. to the factories yep so if you can get a good relationship with one supplier that is where the gold is right so this is one thing i want to i want to get clear then to people because some people have told me to only go to the manufacturer Okay. But, you're, but you're now saying, now nah, get a supplier. Because they're a middleman, they can get anything from any manufacturer. Yeah, so the thing is, if you go to a manufacturer, more than likely, unless they've gone to China, yeah, more than likely they're going to be going through a supplier and then a manufacturer. Because going straight to the factory, the factory doesn't usually just have like shipping like areas, things like that. Like Especially like, there would be ones out there with it, but I think like on the drop shipping scene, like a lot of the suppliers, they go. It goes from a factory to like a big warehouse, and then everyone, all the suppliers, will go to like the warehouse and just yeah, take yeah, it. Yeah, and it's yeah. all in like Ewu and stuff like that. So, so what's Ewu then? Ewu, it's like a, I think it's a little bit um, west. It's funny that, but um, yeah. So it's actually west of um, Beijing, I think. Um, maybe like four to six hours, and so this is like an area. It's like a huge hub for basically mass um mass warehouses of everything you can think of is there so right so yeah. there's so there's suppliers that are based in this area there yes. that can get hold of any product for any of absolutely your absolutely anything but there is obviously different areas because there's um i think it's guangzhou that's like um i think there's a lot more electronics and stuff there but i'm not too sure 100 percent. like but there's guangzhou and then there's also um yeah, Ewu. So Ewus are like a lot of fashion, um, basically all your generic um, like dropshipping products. So, and so like when you when you build relationships with these suppliers, do you go over and see them to start really cementing um, the relationship? Because a, a lot of the people that I talk to in this space, yep. they eventually go over and see the yeah. see the people they're partnered with. You know, get yep. shake hands and all that kind of stuff. See the factories. Yep. Get become make them more like i mean i was talking to don from stacks and he's like he they've partnered with a factory in china and their china in china they make the um they call it nandex which is their fabric for mm-hmm. their for their leggings yeah and they kind of say that like a family now yeah well that's it so um basically in the past all my suppliers i have met um my latest supplier i haven't met him yet but um i got him through one of my best friends so um, I built that relationship there, and then he's also built that relationship over time. And what makes you want? Obviously, like you had suppliers before this supplier. Mm. What made you want to change suppliers? Is okay. it just is it just because their prices run out? Or um, so yeah. So basically, um, my last supplier, he was a really really good guy. So we went over there, my sister and I, and we basically they entertained us for a whole week. It was crazy. Like they take you like um, go karting, like saunas walk you around all the places you go through all the um like iwu all the big um basically factories. everything from the factories through to all the big warehouses and stuff like that and they go around um and they're basically like these little roll-up doors it's this huge like um warehouse they're huge it goes for kilometers and you basically walk into these different areas they pull up the warehouse and you can sort through everything and find products and things that you like yeah and so he entertained us for like a week it was really really fun like lots of dinners um a lot of like ktv which is like um mute like karaoke yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah so it was like it was crazy crazy time when you're over there with the suppliers but you know in the way of um you build those relationships and everything like that but um you know when i chose to move to a new supplier it was because of unfortunately not everything is always running perfectly and I'm very strict on perfect. 
So say like um, a few orders started coming like three weeks, something like that when it should be seven days. So, you know, that sort of thing, like you see like a chargeback rate going up because the supplier is not supplying or they're just in their supply chain, they might not have enough of your one product of a certain size that you don't, like that is like your main product and they should have the stock there. Yeah. And if if I feel like I'm micromanaging (laughs) them and they're not taking my business Seriously, seriously. Then you'll move. I'll move, yeah. So I'm very cutthroat with things like I'm very, I'm a very family person, very family orientated person. Like, um, you know, my sister works for me, she's COO, she's actually a business partner of Cynthia Sally now. And so basically we go around and we, like, she's probably my more, more firm side. So I'm like the fun going, she's obviously the fun going, we've got a very similar brain and thoughts, but she can like get cutthroat with people and straight down the line where I'm sort of like, we'll give them another chance. But like, it's sort of good, it's like yin and yang to do it. And so basically, yeah, when as soon as like I'll give people a few chances, but as soon as like they're not listening and I'm micromanaging them again, everything like that, and it's like it's your business, you need to be good at your business. If not, I'll just move. And and a move from one supplier to another can take literally hours. Really? So, and, yeah. And, what, and they can be and they can be fully functional supply. Fully functional supplier, yeah. Because I'll literally get them to go to his warehouse pick up everything so they'll because they're all like do deals and stuff yeah go to their warehouse pick up all that boxing all that all that white label goods everything like that so what isn't that doesn't one supplier get pissed off with the other and then they start causing problems like no not really um maybe if you're new um but because like you know i've got family in china um i'm very respected in the space like super respected in the space um and you know i've met up with a lot of the suppliers i've done a lot of deals like big deals um you know like we can spend up to like three four hundred thousand dollars usd a month with suppliers um so they take me very very seriously and if i want to move on with them like don't burn a bridge because and they know that and they want to show face as well like you know there's only so many chances you give and then they're like all right cool it is time to move on but i still keep the relationship with the old supplier like personally I still yeah. like the sports <coughs> supplier. I actually yeah. really enjoy his company. But business-wise, he needs to clean up his act. And then sometimes down the track, I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got this new um, product. It's banging. I want to give you an opportunity to supply this. And he'll be, he'll be like, oh, yeah, this is good. No, this is not good. This is what I can do. And then I'll go around and price compete with him and my normal supplier. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I give them chances later on down the track, but I always try to keep it with one supplier. And how many stores you got currently running? Um, at the moment, I've only got actually one because um, last year we had seven brands running and this year, um, basically me personally, I've done, I feel like I've done my work for my life. It sounds funny. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I literally just want to work on Sincere Sale now. <coughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've spent, is, is that the passion brand? For yeah, you? that's my passion brand. <laughs> so basically... All the other brands and everything like that I had last year, I was looking at going to sell them and stuff, but I'm like, they still run. They're, like, they're not like anything like super impressive that I'm like super proud of, but I've got very, very high standards. But they, you know, they tick away and like they've got, some of them got like 600K followers, stuff like that on Instagram. Like they're still pretty popping. But like, you know, this year, my only focus is, is Sincere Sally. Yeah. Because, you know, we've changed it from fashion to jewelry. 
And I've, I'm like, I love jewelry. Like, I don't wear much jewelry myself, but I love jewelry. Because Sincere Sally started mm. in the fast fashion space, it like did. Sim- similar to like, um, like Princess Polly, Princess Polly, like and that. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So where women could go and buy dresses and all that kind of yep. stuff. Yeah. So it was all like women's fashion. It was like super. Yeah, burn and turn, women's fashion. Like um, every month, you'd have to have a new line of clothing. It was just constant and. Honestly, sometimes like things would cut, rock up and like a button would fall off, and I'm like, like seriously, like it's embarrassing. Like I don't want like poor quality stock. I don't want poor quality anything. Like you know, I nailed the shipping. I can get the shipping anywhere in the world for like five to seven days. Yeah, and so I nailed that. Like um, DHL, I get it there in three. So, so you're using like three PLs, third yep. party, yep. third party people for shipping. Yeah, yep. and so. Basically, I went through all these stages. I'm like, I've nailed down this. I've nailed down this. I'm like, but I can't seem to nail down having very, very good quality fashion. And I was talking to a lot of other people in the space. And, you know, I was looking up reviews for other um, other big brands and everything like that. And honestly, my partner and my sister, they buy a lot of um, clothes online. Um, and everything they'd always get, like one out of three pieces would be shit. shit. Yep. Even though, like, even if they're a big big brand or whatever, something would rock like up. Like Beginning Boutique issue. or something like that. Whatever the brand is, I'm not naming any brands, but um, basically, and I was just like, I'm sick of selling crap. Like, all these other big brands, like, they're big brands, they're all good, whatever, but like, I'm not, me personally, I don't want to just sell crap. I don't want to, like, like, fast fashion, a lot of the clothes literally get worn once and they just get thrown out. Yeah. You know, they're literally just, like... It, it's, it's so bad for the environment it is, as well. It is, it is, it is. So, yeah, so basically with Sincere Sally, we're trying to, like, make it um, a lot more ethically sourced. Like, we make sure that, like, you know, everything with the supplier, they're not, like, got loads of, like, waste going everything everywhere and stuff like that. We try to actually source some pieces from um, other areas that are, like, a so lot more... outside of China. Carbon neutral, yeah. Yeah. So we've been looking at a lot of different places, everything like that. Like, working with jewellery, we um, managed to get, like, all the packaging down-packed, and it looks absolutely beautiful. So... I was like super stoked with that. And then, you know, just moving to jewellery, like they could supply it a lot easier as well. Smaller packages, yep. you can get the e-packet straight out of China. Well, yeah, we don't use e-packet and stuff like that. We use like um, like either DHL or USPS, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but um, this year we've been looking at maybe like building a warehouse and that in the US and maybe doing something in like Milwaukee or somewhere like that because it's like it's quite cheap to actually build a little factory there. So it has been on my mind. How come it's cheap to build a factory in Milwaukee? Um, Milwaukee's just one of those places. It's just really, really cheap. Yeah. And then also there's like laws and stuff in um, in Washington. I think it's Washington State. I think it's just next door to Milwaukee, just now Oregon. And um, yeah, basically the laws there are quite different as well about e-commerce, like so taxes they, and stuff. So they, so they support they support brands setting yeah. up setting up warehouses yep. in the state. Yep. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, so, you know, and you can get, like, cheap labour there and things like that can help out because I'm big on, like, massive workforces. So over my time, I've built apps that um, basically, and I still run them now, that basically can, um, like, mass hire people to do all sorts of micro tasks. So it's like micro workers. So you, you've built this app to, to yep. hire your own micro workers. Yep. So just, just drop into that and explain okay. that to me. So basically, um, we have sales teams that go around for Sincere Sally and they go around and um, basically talk to people about like um, 
ambassadorships and everything like that that you know if you become an ambassador there's like ways to earn money and things like that so they basically get paid straight to their paypal and when they when they use their discount code they get like a 25 percent um kickback like a commission yeah and things like that so we've been running that method for about four years and it's worked really really well and honestly it was like using micro influencers and things like that we built lots and lots of really really good relationships with girls and stuff that like um love promoting us honestly it's like one big family so um, we hired like a lot of um, people from like the Philippines and stuff like that. So basically in the Philippines, over my time, I've hired over 12,000 workers and it's all documented and everything like that because through the app, it can literally tell you how many people have worked for you in the past. Um, and basically like we go over there like probably once, twice a year, um, obviously pre-COVID. Um, and so basically we go over there and it's like one big family over there. It's super amazing. Like they have like mini parades where they dress their cars up in Sincere Sally and it's super, like super beautiful. Like, so, you know, later on I can show you some like cool photos and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, of like what they do. It's really, really nice. So we go over there, we built them a church and like basically it was super, super nice, man. Like we're really like, we're literally building communities over there. So through this app, they can go on and work and they get paid per action. So basically... Every, like, work they might do, they might, um, like, this app can be used for anything. It can help with reviews. It can help with, basically, anything to do with, like, sales teams. So, essentially, then, this app records, like, if they respond to a customer service email, yep. that's classed as a certain fee. If yep. they if they fulfill an order, mm-hmm. that's classed as a certain fee. If they answer a customer support question, that's another fee. Yep. So, you, you own the tech for that. Yep. Right. So, what... Okay, then. So, what was it that made you kind? Of, no, I'm just trying to figure yeah. all this. I'm just trying to figure out how, how your mind's worked on this. How did you get to the point where you thought you needed to even build the app? And why, um, was, why was that app? Why was something lot like that not available in the Philippines at the time with with everything they were doing? Okay, so basically, what happened? Um, me and three friends, uh, we met up in Bali, and we decided um, we're going to scale a method. And so we went to um, we went to the Philippines, and we basically hired out an entire mall. It was like 2000 bucks a month. It was in a place called Pagadian. And so in Pagadian, like literally ISIS were bombing like places one hour south. So it was wild west. They're like, we, we had like guns and stuff. It was fucking awesome. But like, <laughs> you know, like when we flew in, there was like military. It was yeah. like really good. And we will like, uh, we basically we spoke to the mayor and stuff there. And they were very, very happy to have us there and build like, build out this basically massive, like, it was meant to be like a call center, Instagram center. And everything like that. So we went over there and we we're there for three weeks building it out. We we're literally living on a, um, like, sleeping on the floor. See, like, so you went out there, you hired a mall. Yeah. You hired a mall, you put a load of Filipinos in there. Yep. And then, and and then, not, not in a negative way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you had loads of Filipino workers in there. Yep. And then you're literally, you literally, you've literally got them sending DMs and you literally got them on the phones, the phones yep. doing stuff. Yep. Right. Yep. So basically, yeah. So from here, um, it was like all really, really good. Everything is working. Like everything is working. We we're all like really happy. And um, next minute, the guy that did the deal with us, he basically said, "We so we took off the next day. So we we're there for about three, four weeks, and then we set it all up. We built like all the SOPs for like system procedures. Basically, the whole thing was just ticking smoothly. And we walked away from it just like we're about to get really, really rich. And then um, next minute, um, as we're flying out. Um, I get a call and one of the managers from there, they're like, 
hey, um, the big boss. So we, we went we went to a um, company that basically helps out with all this. So he was the one who gave us the introductions to everything and everything like that. And he was a US, guy from the US. So he was half Filipino, half US. And basically what he'd done, he'd turn around and just said, well, thanks for setting it all up. We're not working with you anymore. And we're just like, my gut dropped. And so we set this whole thing up for this guy and then he ran it. So you didn't have no contracts in place to protect you against anything Well, like in e-commerce, um, it's very difficult to keep anything um, under a contract because everyone lives everywhere in the world. Like, to chase someone, it's very expensive. So I'm like, fuck this. Like, excuse the French. Anyway, we went back and I think we went to LA um, straight afterwards and we're sitting in LA and, you know, my sister flew to LA and I was really down. And we just got like um, a bunch of money. How, how much do you reckon that cost you, that, that little accident there? Oh, I have no idea. But just put a figure on it. I don't know. Tens of thousands. I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Like, in e-commerce, money can blow up very quickly. Like, you can lose 100 grand here, 100 grand there, but you can make a million here, a million there. Like, it's yep. very up and down. Like, coming into e-commerce, I've never seen the money anywhere else that you can make. But also, there's a downside to it where you can lose a lot of money too. Yeah, that's, I've, seen, I've seen both sides of it yep. from just seeing what like Lester showed me and, mm-hmm. and what other people have showed me in the space. It's yep. like you either, you, there, there's no other two ways about it with e-com. You either hit a home fucking run yep. or you get smacked on the ass. Yeah. Like there's no there's no middle ground. There's there no isn't. there's no just ticking over and breaking even. No yeah. one breaks even. Like usually um, a lot of people that I know that um, make it in the space, they get a home run on their first run. So not many people, because... I could build on their out, first run. On their first run, yeah. So people like like they might build out a store and it works first time, and then they make hundreds of thousands of dollars, and yeah. then they just stick to it. And a lot of time, it's very difficult to keep the momentum and building new stores and things because, you know, like over time, I can build offers now that I know are going to at least break even, and then some home runs. Like I don't really ever make offers these days that can't make money, but like the. Like the ones that I'll build and they break even, I'll just turn them off. Just just so that so that the audience gets real understanding. Break down how you position an offer to, to know it's going to at least break even out the gate. So the offer, you want to have like a irresistible offer, I guess they do it. Because everything we do is like they see it, they buy it. Give, so, them, give, them, give, them, give an example of an example. So an, a good example is, is like I'd load up an offer with lots of free stuff. So yeah. when you're... Um, when you're shipping from China, you don't have a lot of overheads. So products and stuff, you can get really, really cheap. I mean, like, if you go on AliExpress and a product's here $10, if you go find a supplier and hustle him down, you might be able to get it for 3 bucks, 4 bucks delivered. Right. So already there, I'm getting an edge. So, you know, I'll be able to see it. I can see a product and know if it's a winner straight away because it's like, you know, there's characteristics of a winning product. And, you know, so a lot of the products that I'll see, I'll be like, okay, cool. Um, I'll, I'll have a look around, see who else is selling it. I'm like, all right, this is what's working. This is what's not working. And basically, I'll build the offer around one-upping everyone. Right. So a lot of these products, I'm not first to market with. Yeah. But when I see 15, 20 other people marketing these products, I'm like, okay, cool. What are they doing? How's it working? All right, so... How can I add value yeah. and compete? So with, with the game that you're in, especially... Away from Sincere Sally, which is a brand, which is what you're passionate about, yep. and we'll go into that. With the dropshipping stuff, what, you, what you're essentially 
what you're essentially doing is you're, you're going, okay, 20 people are selling this successfully because yeah. they're running ads mm-hmm. and they've been running ads for X amount of time, which means yep. they're profitable on the ads, yep. right? So what can I... What can I what can I stack on top of this as the value yeah. to make this a more appealing offer and, and then and then just outmarket these guys? Yeah. So I can pretty much by doing the deals, um, so say I'm getting the, the stock that's like maybe it could be a third of the price or half the price, instantly I can stack it times two. Yeah. And you're already beating them. You're already front running them. So when you when you're trying to stack the value, do you, do you do what most people do, which is give them another one of the same product, or do or do you, or do you find a complementary product and stick that on the side? Okay, it's a really good question. Basically, I just feel and just go with the flow with it. So sometimes you might stack the product, and then majority of the time, I usually get another product that complements it because I'm in the jewelry niche, everything like that. So like if I get one piece of jewelry, I'll stack it with a ring. Yeah, you know, you stack it with something else, and then. Usually with my um, post-purchase upsell, um, I'll push something like, um, you know, you get the same ring, a little bit cheaper, or another product that will do it, and I'll be like, now you can complete the set. Like, I always use different wording technology. It's like, make it a set. So I'll be like, you're selling a necklace. I'll be like, all right, make it a set with a matching bracelet. And then the post-purchase upsell is like, um, complete the set. So I use terminology like that, like complete the set. And a lot of people... Like three, one out of three or one out of four people yeah. will be like... So you're making oh. them feel like they're missing something by not yeah. having it. So they buy the necklace and you're saying complete the set with the ring and the earrings. Basically. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so with with your offer, mm-hmm. when you sell that ring yep. just on its own, without the order bump of the earrings and the, and the necklace on the back end, mm-hmm. or say you're selling the necklace and the order bump is the ring and the earrings, whatever way you want to look at it. When you sell that first offer... Are you profitable from selling the first yes. offer, or are you? Or so you are very profitable, yep. right? So, what's the margin? Or what margin do you run for on the first on the first sale? Okay, so basically, this is how I sort of look at everything. Um, I need to put at least a ten x margin on what I'm selling. So, if I'm selling something worth three bucks, I'm going to sell it for thirty, right? You know, and then you stack it all up, and it might get you an average order of forty three dollars. So, by the time you're doing it all, it's like six dollars. For say like the products because it's been stacked. Yeah. So you got six dollars, and that's including shipping to the door, and a lot of it will be real silver stuff yeah. like that. So um, basically, I stack all that, and then um, the marketing might cost like thirty bucks for the marketing. So so when you when you do the upsell as well, that's all cream. That's all just cream on top. It, honestly, so with all this, um, it's very very difficult now because Facebook has made so many changes. It's a lot harder to track. Um, the purchases can be so up and down. So like back in the day, you just turn on something, set and forget and let it run. And he's just duplicated out, duplicated out, make new ad sets. And basically, so you're tricking the algorithm to thinking it's new content, but really it's just the same content and it goes again. So these days you can't really do that sort of stuff. So basically um, what we'll do is just sit there and um, I guess, yeah, I sort of lost track on this. Yeah, you know, go, no, that's all right. But you basically, basically, what you're doing is you're not setting and forgetting. No, 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 definitely not. Oh, so sorry. So I lost a bit of track there just because I was thinking about something else. Yeah. So basically, now you have to actually sit there and like you got to day part it and stuff like that. So you got to sit there and watch the ads through the day. And basically, Facebook sometimes can just blow out. So it's like your CPMs one day might be like eight nine dollars. Next day, it's like $50, $60. And then it goes back to $8 the next day. So what I do, I usually set everything in US time. So like at certain parts of the day. 5 a.m. Yeah. So 
when it gets to 12 o'clock their time at night, I can wait up like um, for three hours. It's like, I think it's like five, six o'clock in the Arvo. And then um, I'll sit there and see how it's going and see what the CPMs look like, everything like that. And if they don't look great, I just turn it off at the ad set level and wait for the next day. So, you know, these are the little tricks that I'm doing. And what Break down your reasoning for that. The reasoning for that is because um, Facebook just doesn't track well anymore and they blow out a lot. So basically, as soon as um, it blows out at the start of the day, it's going to keep that track record for the rest of the day. So three hours is a good time to sort of look at your ads. Ah, right. So you're saying if if, if the CPMs have gone too high at this, within the first three hours, yeah. if you left that ad set running, it would just repeat that CPM value for the rest of the day. Yeah. So your cost per thousand impressions would, yep. would be the same f- for that entire day. So if you shut it down for after three hours, I'm just yep. trying to put this in layman's yep. terms. If you shut this down after three hours, you can wait till a day when you have three hours where the CPMs yep. are what you need to hit yep. and then let that run for the 24 hours. Yep. And so in that 24-hour space, um, I, can, I, I would probably scale anywhere. Depending on how good the product is, you might start with like, when I first launch a product, I launch it on like probably 200 bucks, see how it runs in the, in the day. If it breaks even, I'm like, okay, I'll give it a couple more days and see if it gets better, but usually it doesn't. But if it's like a blowout winner... I'll sit there and just chuck 10 grand at it, 20 grand at it and scale it basically to 40, 50, 60K days instantly. And then the next day it might blow out for a bit. So I'm just like, all right, turn it off. So I'm not using a lot more like because over time, Facebook seems to just ban everything these days. So um, if you keep an offer running for a long time, it either gets ripped off or banned. And it doesn't matter what you got. Like unless you're a solid brand, Facebook is out there to kill anything drop shipping. Right. So basically, I'll sit there and people call it day partying and stuff. Um, I just I don't really have a name for it, but I'll just sit there literally monitor the first three hours. Um, if it looks good, I let it run for the day, and I will scale it. So like I've got stores and stuff like that, which like I think were sort of like put my position in um, drop shipping that um, sort of got my reputation up. Yeah. So, like, I've had stores where I've scaled from zero to um, $100,000 a day in um, four days, stuff like that. So, that's that, sort of, like, what I was recognized for. And if you did that now, though, mm. Facebook would wipe you out, wouldn't they? No. So, um, I can still do that sort of stuff now, but it is a lot harder. How do you execute that ad spend over the four days, though, without flagging Facebook as <laughs> you are this big dropshipping type uh, person that, because because mate I've had the dropshipping stores I've yep. been smacked it's not it's not as fucking easy as scaling an ad spend as as that I yeah. know that much like what how how are you how are you how are you negating that um well it's just guess I guess it's like um you're just watching it um I when you do dropshipping enough you get more of a feeling about things and you just do it because it's just the way it is it's like driving a car yeah you know you can be sitting there on FaceTime with someone, you can be having a McDonald's drink, like just driving along and your subconscious does it for you. That's similar to like work because we don't really stop working ever. We sort of just work 24-7. I'm always talking about like e-commerce. I'm always trying to grow my brand, make brands better. And one thing I've noticed about guys in e-com, like especially you guys, like you all hang around together in like little little <laughs> groups of like pack animals where you're all, where you're all, where you're all well, like the sun is shining outside and yeah. you e-com guys are all around a table in the lounge just fucking blowing up ad sets, fucking doing yeah. creatives, just launching stuff, 
yeah. $100,000 in ad spend today, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, like $100,000 in pe- pe- ad spend's a bit of, like, it's a lot of money, but pe- like, pe- 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 like okay, I'm, 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 talking, I'm talking across multiple stores. Oh, over, yeah. Do you know definitely. what I mean? I'm talking yep. about multiple stores. I'm not yep. talking about one store, but, you know, when you've got seven, seven, eight brands running, you're, yep. spending, you're spending that kind you're of money. You're spending a lot of money. You're spending yeah. a lot of money, but that's, that's the... That's the one thing I think that a lot of people miss is the mm-hmm. fact that I think part of the reason for your success is obviously you've had a couple of home runs and you've done yeah. you've done well and you've obviously spent spent years, but, it's, yeah. but a lot of it is to do with like the fact of you, all you boys kind of hang in a group together. Don't yeah, you? it's cool, and it, and it's kind of it's kind of a ecom's kind of a culture. It is it is a massive culture. Um, sometimes, like I got to pinch myself because um, life as an ecom entrepreneur. Um, it's actually it is can be a little bit tough at stages because when you go and talk to people that are outside of ecom and like you just talk about your normal day study stuff. So I could be like to my mate, Oh yeah, today I just ordered this new Rolex, she'll be coming in the next couple of days and like no one talks about prices, oh sick, what one is it? And like you might be like, Oh yeah, it's this new, you know, anniversary one, blah blah blah. Yeah. Like we already know what's going on with it. Like, man, that's sick as and it's like he's like, Damn, I'm just gonna go down here, I'm gonna do that. Oh, I might get a PJ, like a private jet somewhere. Like, um, you know, a PJ, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, especially when you're in the U S everyone uses PJs, like you just cruise everywhere in them. Um, you know, like I had a Rolls Royce when I was in the U S you know, back in Australia, you know, I just drive around and like normal sort of stuff because I feel like when I came back to Australia for COVID, um, no one really understood my lifestyle. Um, I heard a lot of people were like, Oh yeah, Bryce is a scammer. Bryce's drug dealer, you know, all this stuff. And then, you know, it wasn't until I was featured in Forbes for Sincere Sally, everyone sort of started respecting me. Yeah. And um, that's where it sort of all sort of started, like, snowballing and everything like that because, you know, like, I come from, like, normal beginnings in Australia, you know, getting in street fights every weekend, just being, like, you know, a bit of a lunatic. Like, you know, I grew up in Harvey Bay. It was a bit of a vibe, like, just a small little town. And, you know... For me to go and, um, you know, just disappear for a few years and come back with, like, a big company, like, um, basically everyone that I knew you got, before... You, you basically got a lot of hate in Australia. Is what yeah, I did. And, um, you know, like, not to my face or anything, but I was just like, you know, it was just like... And it wasn't... Do you find, tall poppy, like, yeah. do you, do you find tall poppy syndrome here an actual thing then? Oh, mate. Like, I go to the US and the boys host me. Like, everyone, like... You know, they'll take me to a nightclub and they'll have sign, my sign, like signs there. They have like two chains wrapped my name. It's just like all this crazy shit going on. Like it was crazy. Like I've got all these crazy videos, like them bringing me in on like a, a chair, like this yeah. like, chair with a throne and stuff. And like all my friends <laughs> over there, they're just such good guys. Like, uh, uh, you know. And, and why do you think there's so much difference between the Australian mindset and the US mindset in that? Um, because it's a huge capitalism sort of country. Like, everyone's going to win over there. Everyone's hustling. Like, you know, it's so diverse over there. There's so many different businesses. It's a lot easier to make money over there because there's more people. Yeah. Um, but in Australia, like, I guess there's not as much growth here. The economy is quite different. I, 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 to be honest, when I, when I look outside of australia yeah i mean obviously I, I came from a high tax country uk originally right yeah massively high tax they're smacking you on the way in and smacking you on the way out then i come to australia high tax country again i'm like fucking mm-hmm. great here we go again i love the lifestyle in australia but then i look i look i'm constantly on on the on instagram and i see my mates and my mates are smashing it in dubai yeah no income tax 
no 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 ta- no business taxes or anything like that you know 5% VAT is the only thing you pay if you're selling in Dubai which yeah. most of them aren't selling in Dubai I'm like well fuck me but, you know what I mean there's so many op- opportunity countries like that that where you can really level up your game and, and create the connects. Yeah. Sometimes I think to myself, fuck, actually, am I in the right country? Well, it's funny you say about connects. Like, um, I'm big on connects. Like, not in the way of connecting as business people, yeah. but it's more like I just see them as mates and we all just sort of hang out. It's like exactly what you were saying before. All econ people are sort of hanging out together. We're like yeah. really, really clicky. Yeah. Um, you know, because a lot of people would just be like, turn around, call us nerds, whatever. Like, I've been called nerd tons of times. I kind of vibe it, you know. Yeah, but yeah. like realistically, I'm just still normal Bryce, just doing whatever. But like realistically, like I play a lot of computer games. Um, I do a lot of nerdy stuff. Like I build tech. I'm, I'm, I, I've spoke obviously speak to a lot of you guys in in your kind of circle. Mm. And obviously me, I don't I don't do e-commerce sell services. Like yeah. it's, it's different. It's a different game. I'm not. I know e-coms better than selling services, but I'm just good at selling services. Yeah. So I'm just. I'm just trying to stay where I am whilst yep. I'm fucking good at it and just um, knuckling down on that rather yep. than well, trying to step selling services is very very lucrative as well it can be yeah well yeah, yeah the kind of yeah the kind of services that I sell like yeah. are yeah definitely. high ticket you're yeah, high, like high ticket high t- yeah, yeah yep. I, don't, I don't fuck around with shit like, yeah. I'm like if you want to work with me you're going to pay me the cash yeah, to work with me I but I deliver Yep. So there's there's fucking there's there's there, it is what it is. Well, that's it. Like if you go around and not pay the big dollars for it, it doesn't get done. Well, the, the, that's, the, that's just this, what this is this is what I'm this is what I'm trying to this is what I try and explain to people. Yep. It's like when people say, "Well, how much?" People people message me all the time mm. and go, "Well, how much is this, Frankie, yep. to remove this?" And I'm like, "To remove a link." And I'm like, "Yeah, where's the fucking link?" It's 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 different if you. Go, Removing a link over here, like mm. on a massive press thing, is different to removing a link off Facebook. Yep. It's fucking different. Oh yeah, different different jobs, different yep. jobs, and more things have to move and align, mm-hmm. right? Depending on what kind of the job it is, so yeah. that that affects the price, obviously. Like, and obviously, it depends on how close you are with different people and different services. The re- relationships so you got to build those relationships with those press companies to make sure. Because usually, they just turn around and be like, no. Nah. Yeah, and even yeah. put like a law law ticket in front of them. Just be like, Mate, like li- li- nah. li- this. This is what a lot of people don't understand about the 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 content removal game. Le- legal legal letters and all that shit don't do fuck all when it comes. They to, definitely do not. When it comes to removing online content, if you you go with your legal letter from your lawyer that your lawyers charge you three grand for, yep. right? And then you 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 engage me and see who see see yeah. what see what moves it. I guarantee you, it's it's fucking. It you you you've lived it. You've well, you've tried. Yeah, you've, li- you've had to live in this space definitely. long enough, and it, it's difficult. But you're right. I I I, I if people if. People, there's, there's a couple of ways that I think people can make money online real, real fast, and that is either selling a service, yep. right, and and or doing or doing ecom and hitting the home run with the ecom product and getting the right product, get right yep. viral product. But there, there is, there is, there is, like you say, there is so much money to be made on selling services, mm-hmm. and you don't even have to provide the service. Like, yeah. like I, I'm, a, I'm a wizard in my space because yep. that's what I've been doing. But there's many people out there who go, well, what do I sell? Well, just just find something. I mean, you could sell fucking press articles. You can sell fucking anything. You can yep. you can you can drop service as well. So you can find a service on Fiverr that, that costs you X amount and sell it to someone else. Like it might be social media marketing yep. that you get for two fifty and you sell it for one thousand five hundred. Yeah. There's loads of people doing that, making cash. It doesn't just have to be ecom. 
but I do I do like what you guys have done. But like you say, yeah. you're, you, I, I know it's one point you said there. If you don't hit a home run in econ when you first go, yep. it's a fucking uphill battle. It is. And what, what, why, do, why do you think that? Because some people, quite a few people have said, like, expect to fail seven times before you hit success. Um, because most people that come into econ are lazy in nature. So majority of people that want to come into econ, they want the fast cash, they want the big lifestyle without doing the minimal work. So unless you've got teams in place, which are expensive, yeah, and also you got to train them. You got to like build all that infrastructure there. So basically, if you run one one uh, product and you say you spend three four hundred bucks on it, it doesn't hit. You just waste three four hundred dollars. Yeah. So if you're coming from a normal job and you know you're making a thousand bucks a week and then you've been saving up, you got five grand. Yeah. You run seven different products, and these days because there's so much competition. You got to remember, like you got to have marketing knowledge, right? Yeah. So you can't just rip and rip and rip. Like there are ways you can obviously rip and then run it, but you know a lot of the times you get banned, things like that. And you know people can rip and run, but as soon as it's like if you're not first to market, it's going to be very very difficult without throwing big budget at it to like front run any of your competitors. Okay, okay, I, I like that. I like the fact that you've you've brought that like brought that to the table like that, but. Okay, if there was some key skills then mm. that people should, the people that listen to this podcast could go out and learn and master before they before they step into any online niche. Yeah, what do you believe those key skills are, and how can they get paid to learn them? Okay, so basically, well, to get paid to learn them, that'd be difficult. But like, probably the biggest thing that's got me to where I am now is by building teams. So that's what probably my superpower is, I guess. So like we just build teams of people and then, you know, um, everything that these people do will bring an income to you. So you might pay, say, $10 to someone and then they give you an outcome of $20. So that'll be the easiest way. So you don't really need to learn it, I guess. Right. So you're just leveraging leveraging, um, skilled workers. Yeah, and what, um, in relation to obviously you've you've outsourced lots of stuff across the across the globe. Yeah. Where if people were going to outsource their kind of knowledge, like say get get people in marketing, get people on the phones, is the Philippines the best place to go, or is is it India or? Yeah, where's... so basically, um, so like we've got um, a lot of Filipino family and stuff like that. So like I love the country, such beautiful people, everything like that, and honestly the. Working with the Philippines, um, everyone there wants to work. They're super genuine. They're super nice. There's like, there's family like orientated stuff like that. Obviously, you do have to be careful as well. But like majority of people are hardworking. So I, I outsourced my whole mate's uni degree mm-hmm. on on. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> on 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 Upwork. Yeah, I just Upwork. I got this. I got this grade A in Indian. Indian um, writer, and she just wrote all the papers. Yeah, and then, and then and then once she wrote all the papers, we'd get it sent to someone else who is like a proofreader, a proofreader, yeah. and they'll proofread and put the put anything right that was out of context. But yeah. she she did all like the um, what do they call them things where where they quote the where they got it from like the um, dissertations or whatever. Yeah, they yeah, references, re- re- references, references. Yeah. yeah, man, like beautiful. So like this yeah, this funny, this, yeah. this geezer. Well, I'm not going to name him on here because he's yeah, got yeah. he's got a fucking one one. But 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 he outsourced his whole. We, we outsourced. I helped him do it because like work smart. Well, not, what, work yeah, smart, not hard. At the, end of, at the end of the day, right? Uni, uni, right? Yep. 
the only people that really need to study at uni are like your doctors, your lawyers, and your people yeah. doing the technical stuff. If you're doing sociology, you, you're wasting your time. Like, well, <laughs> to be fair, I am not sociology. Exactly, but. bro. <laughs> exactly. No one does. Yeah. No one has a fucking clue, but people have got one ones in it. Yeah. I'm really hard on myself now. So even looking at what I'm doing now, I'm like, oh, I'm successful, but I'm like not super successful. But definitely back in those days, I was not successful at it. I was still burning and turning stuff, trying to figure it out. Like doing on the dog hat. So, so, so when you say burning and turning, just for the people, just for people listening, mm. you're you're saying you know you you ramp a store up in thirty days and you just and then you just bin it. Well, it was more like testing stores, testing stores, not making any money. Yeah, yeah, because there was a huge, there was a huge gap there of like six months where I couldn't even make money online because yeah. it was just so difficult at the time. Like when we did the dog hat, we want we got like a um, it was like a super winning product, right? Yeah. So it just ran organically and we could have run it for a long time, but we got front run by someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they scaled it right up and just kicked us out of the market. I want to just say this to people, what you just said there is so true. Mm. It's like you can have the best winning product yep. in the space, but if someone can put ad dollars behind it quicker than you can, yep. you're fucked. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So like um, you can burn out an audience in like 20 days. 30 days, stuff like that. Because you've got to remember, like, especially if you're just selling to the US, um, there's 300 million people there in the demographic. Like, I usually use really, really broad offers that will hit, like, basically any person that could be between, like, 18 and 35 or, you know, um, 40-year-old to 65 plus. Um, so you hit really broad offers. And you've got to remember that out of those 300 million people, there's kids, there's grandmas, you've got to take those out. Um, if you're marketing to just the women or men's, you've got to, yeah. like, divide it in half. And so say you're left with, say, 60 to 100 million people, you could push, um, say, if you're on, like, $10 CPMs, you know, um, I guess, like, 600 grand, something like that, um, on ad spend, and you basically hit every single person that can be hit. 600? Yeah. Yeah. But, like, that could be over a month, could be over, like, two months. So you burn out products very, very fast, and that's if you keep it, though. If you spend 600, what are you generating? Um, well, it just depends on your product, really. Like, 600 grand, um, on, like, that sort of scale, I'd expect to get, like, maybe a 10% margin, um, say your product's worth, like, 300 grand, so you might do a million bucks. But, like, if you've got a really banger product, you could do 3 million bucks off that. But, yeah. realistically... So, you're only, sca- only going to scale banger products, then? Um, you, 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 you can't you, scale anything else. Yeah, really, yeah, right. that's what I'm saying. You can't. You're not. I don't think you, I'd. I'd want to put six hundred grand in to get a bill out. Well, like, you, do you know yeah, what I mean? that's like, the thing though. You don't really realize that because at the start you might scale to like say twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars days, and you're making twenty percent margin. So it's like you're making eight grand a day, and you're like, I'm a king. You know, like it's awesome. Like you have got this whole operation running. You're making like eight grand a day, and then slowly it fizzles out, and you got to get to a point. So it goes from like. Mm. 20 or 30% and it goes down to say like I usually cut it at 5% because you got to pay a lot of fees and stuff like that like that you got to like put into your P&Ls and things and obviously it becomes higher risk hey. and then you start scaling it back or you just turn it off would you, would you ever consider moving country then because you're you're in a bad location for doing those kind of numbers um, no not necessarily um, like you know you just pay your taxes like I'm pretty cruisy like I've like I don't overspend like I love spending cash but, like, yeah. I'm never strapped. I don't feel anything like I pay taxes. Like, you know, I've got myself a fucking sick pad. Like, I'm not, like, 
I'm not yeah. really that bothered about it, but yeah. like, um, you know, in Australia, we have like a lot of good securities here. Like, I yeah. don't mind putting like my tax money to that. But also, like, you get like mad refunds and things like that. Like, a lot of things get deducted, and yeah. it's not actually as much tax as what you think. Yeah, I know. You, I know you can get the rate. Look, I can. I know you mm. can get the rate down to a lot. I just. Well, think, I just. I just think that there's, there are better places. Yeah. For, what you, for, well, for the spinning. For spinning the type of money yeah. you're spinning, I think there's better places to do it. In Australia. So there's. This is actually the main thing. Um, that like actually helps my tax and it pretty much makes me pay no tax. So basically, because all my sales are in the US, I don't no charge GST. GST. Yeah, yeah. So everything I spend on Facebook ads, it's all got GST. Yeah. So that pays my tax for the rebase yeah. of the GST. Yeah, I love it. So um, it doesn't matter what country I go to, this, this I still is, spend that money. This know? is why I sell all my services in US dollars now. Yeah. Because um, because of the GST ruling. Yeah. Like the G, the G, yeah, that GST that GST ruling does help a lot. It does. It so does. It, make, you know, it, make, it makes it makes it a little bit more bearable being yeah. in Australia. Well, that's it. Like you know, um, they gave me like a seventy five thousand dollars cash back for COVID, just random stuff like that. It's fucking sick. Like honestly, like since I've started, I haven't paid as much tax as what everyone would think. But still, you do pay a lot of tax. Like come yeah. on, okay, yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. it's all good because like you're getting like honestly like. It's all gone through the business anyway. You make more money. Like, instead of, like, going around nitpicking and things like that, I'm just rather yeah. just work on making more I, money. I think everybody that that can should have a should have a business entity that they can run mm. through. Well, like, that's it. Yeah, you need a company. But, like, we've got um, LLCs as well. So, it's through, um, like, the US and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, do, you find, do, you, do you find a lot of benefit by running through the LLC? Um, the LLC would just, like, help you out with loans and stuff in the US if you needed them. Um, basically helps you with just anything. Um, is it easier, then, for, for, for you to get cash in the, in the US than it is in Australia? Um, in well, terms of, like, loans and I'm stuff? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really do loans. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. like, I'm, I got a loan for the house, and then I knocked the house down, like, pretty much finished it. And I was just, I just don't, don't like loans. Yeah. So, like, I'm never going to spend out of my means, things like that. The, so I, I just hate loans. The, the, Mate, I'm the same, right? I bought mm. I bought this apartment in the UK, and I and I had to just pay the fucker off because it was just doing my head in. Yeah, like do you know what I mean. So I got rid of it by the time I was thirty. I got rid of it mm-hmm. because, um, yeah, man, it, like this is what a lot of people people get around their neck. Like they go and put themselves. If you want to be successful in 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 any in anything, like in terms of like whether you want to be a pro athlete, whether you want to be yeah. a, whether you want to have an e-com store, whether you want to sell services online. Whether you want to be the best nurse that you can be, that isn't the issue. But going and putting a fucking anchor around your neck and, yeah. and, and getting a mortgage for a fucking house isn't the best idea for 90% of you listening to this. Mm. Just isn't. Just isn't. It just, it, it, I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Like, um, So me, like, you know, the other day I was almost convinced to buy a new 40, um, 488 Ferrari. Right. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to get it, I've got to get it on lease. And I'm like, as soon as I do that, I just can't even like, I can't just travel the world and just be a fucking legend. And like, you know, <laughs> like, you here I am like, you know, oh, like, mate, you're so funny. instead it's like, oh, you've got a lease. Now my money, now my company has to make money. That stress alone makes me a really bad business person because with using like leased money and stuff, like yeah. obviously you can pay it in cash, but if you pay it in cash, that could have gone back in your company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. so there's just loads of different things like, and everyone's like talking about, oh yeah, leases on this, um, you know, leverage loans stuff like that but you know that all actually works really really well for companies like i'm not knocking it but for me personally in my ocd i cannot have loans i don't i just, I, mate, I I just don't, don't want any responsibilities you know i just want I, to travel and just i know. i love not having debt yeah because not having debt 
allows me freedom of thought and freedom of movement anywhere in the world. Perfect. That's right. Very and, well and, said. and I, I like that. Mm-hmm. I like the fact like everything you see in this apartment, all, all the, all the tech and everything we use in the film, the podcast and all this stuff is, is, is cool. Right. And obviously some of the sets owned, mm-hmm. but a lot of this stuff is all just furnished. It's a furnished fucking apartment yeah. for a reason, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I write it, I write this off against my tax bill. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, you can rent the apartment and then write that off and that's wicked. Yeah. Write it off for content, write it off as an office. You can write a percentage off. It, it's nice. No one, no one can say anything about it. It's fucking true. It's on fucking YouTube. Yeah. No one can deny it. Right. Yeah. But when you start to start to buy these things and accumulate the, the these liability debts. Yeah, they are. Like yeah. you got to understand debt isn't a problem. If you take, if you take the debt through a vehicle, like a company, because then, because then it's not your personal liability. But yep. when you start taking personal loans, personal credit cards, personal fucking yep. finance, because that four eight eight, even even mm. if you even if you financed it through the fucking business, right? Yeah, right. Which you probably would. Now, 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 now you've just put a massive amount of strain, like you say, on generating capital and just to, just to pay for. for yeah, but and 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 not being funny, mate. You can rent a four eight when you go through Dubai Airport and you're yeah. in Dubai for two weeks. You can rent your four eight eight and toss it around Dubai for a few yeah. weeks. You can go to the US, rent mate, a four eight eight. So cheap, in the US. so so cheap so to cheap. rent. So cheap. Like to you rent. can lease them for like twenty grand up front, three grand a month. Like yeah, exactly. So why the fuck would you want to own one yeah. or own one on your own lease? Well, you know, like if I was super super baller and like didn't really like and i had so much excess cash mate i would buy heaps of supercars and just heaps of just anything yeah you know? if but you'd buy them cash right yeah you shouldn't a lot of people that that are like the ultra wealthy people i'm talking like three four five hundred mil plus mm-hmm. the, the, the that's ice like the, that's the, very ultra rich yeah that definitely. no that's what i call like getting to ultra rich yeah because because really ultra rich you, you can't be ultra 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 rich until you're at a bill yeah, right 100%. nowadays due due to inflation but let's just mm-hmm. let's just call it i know a few people that are worth like half half a mil. i know one billionaire but a couple of billionaires but anyway that they they won't they would they don't buy that kind of stuff unless unless they could buy 10 of them yeah so it's funny. I always say you should buy things if you can buy two of them. Not care. Yeah. You know. So like, I'm a big fan on watches. Like people are like, oh, you spend so much money on that watch or whatever. I've got like a lot of good watches. Watches have been a really good investment, and they have, and you know, they go up in value. And yeah. so, and they're like, they're, they're nice. They're like respectful. Like I've gone through waves of watches from like gold to like diamonds to like now I'm just running like white gold or whatever because I'm like just trying to like calm down my look. Do you, do you do you do you flip them for for you nah, flip them I just over? collect them, bro. You just collect them, yeah. <laughs> but mate, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Like you're working yeah. hard enough. I mean, yep. people got to understand. Yes, you're doing well, and yes, you're successful and all that stuff, right? Mm. Um, obviously not in your mind, but in my mind and mm. the audience's mind, they'll they'll understand that you 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 are successful, right? Yep. But mate, if you don't. But you got to treat yourself. You got to treat. You, you got. You got to treat. You got to treat yourself to to some to some things. I mean, yeah. I spend my my money on fucking investments, and I invest in my podcast. That's what I yeah. like. I like to spend money on my podcast. I like yeah. to to put my money here to give other people value. Yeah. I don't know why that appeals to me more than watches, but it fucking does. Yeah, I, that's definitely. What I, that's what I like. That's what well, I fucking like. The biggest thing I spend my money on is basically my mates. Like always shouting, just doing crazy stuff. Like you know. Just whatever you can think of doing it. Um, like I buy watches whenever I see something, a piece that I like. 
I always get it. But like, you know, when it comes to like more expensive stuff, um, I'm a bit more mindful, things like that, because all that money, I can literally just put it back into Cincy Sally. Like this year, yeah. I literally just want to pump that so hard because it's like, I feel like it's kind of like a legacy to me now. Like, you know, I've put my personal brand alongside it and everything like that. And I've spent so many years building up my personal reputation and trying to do everything by the book and, you know, just building good relationships and just like, you know, just having a fucking good time doing it and just yeah, making yeah. sure that people know, like, I, I am strict on my business side, but also I'm strict on my fun side too. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. that's the biggest thing I want to focus on this year. I just want to focus on, this, like, keep partying a lot. Yeah, and, and people got, um, and, and, that's, and that's one thing I want to drill into right now is the fact of, like, when you buy Bitcoin or when you mm. buy a watch or even though th- those two can be classed as investments because, yeah. you know, a lot of the watches you're buying or a lot of the Bitcoin that I buy is an investment. It's yeah. like there is a cost of opportunity to buy an investment, right? 100%. Like that. And the 100%. cost of opportunity is this, guys. You know, how many more listeners could you buy with, with putting that into your podcast or how many more customers could you buy by putting that into, into Sincere Sally or how yeah. many more? Do you know what I mean? Like... K- k- Cash is cash on books is a great runway 100%. for you to go and fulfill to give you time to do and fulfill what you've got to fulfill, and people give cash. I've I've even been guilty of this in the past. People give cash so much negativity because it is fear and it is like paper money and all that yeah, stuff. But, and but but you fucking need that. The longer yeah. the runway of cash you have on books, mm-hmm. the, the 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 longer you can spend doing what you're passionate about and get it right. Yeah, it's true, bro. Like, um, you know, when you when you got cash, you can make better decisions. But when you're living in fear with no cash, you can't make the right decisions. Yeah. Like, there's many times when like my business isn't going well for a couple of months, and I'm like, you know, the cash flow is going down, and I'm like backs against the wall, and I'm making decisions, Credit. bad decisions, and I'm getting scammed, and I'm getting this, and I'm getting that, and I'm because not making you're, the right because things. you're because 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 you've gone you've gone okay you've but, but then again you've got t- 20 watches in the collection yeah. and you've got this and you've got that and you've got this and that's what pe- pe- people have people have all this stuff yep. you included yeah i've i've been guilty of it in the past we have all this stuff but then the stuff doesn't really it doesn't really like you say that lack of cash flow mm. gives you some form of scarcity even if yep. you don't think it does it does in your fucking mind yeah definitely and then and then you start to react differently yeah and if you just the the, the more cash you can stack mm-hmm. the more thinking time you have the better you can operate in business 100%. in life in personal development and also you do. like instead of going and spending 100 200 300 grand on a car imagine spending that on staff that help you personally exactly like that like you know one could be a business coach another could be a driver you know all these different things that can help you and your message like one could be a masseuse one could be a chef like Mate. you know i've had pas in the past that are like cook for me clean for me run around do everything for me and you know they're worth their weight in gold mate they're i was worth like weight in gold. flourishing you know yeah so. mate the, the, if you can outsource all your cooking all your clean mm. like rather ra- the biggest flex to me is yeah. have you got a cleaner have yeah. you have you have you got have you got like all this other shit outsourced? Yeah. you want to outsource all this shit have you yeah. outsourced? i you know i outsource my video editing mm. i outsource my graphic design yep. i outsource some other stuff you know what i mean like, 
I'm starting to build the, this team of people that I outsource to because at the end of the day, if you're not outsource, that's what I, I want to use my cash to give yeah. me more of my life back. Not use my cash to buy shit, to look something or to flex on someone yeah. when, when I could be using it to, so that I can do more of what I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. I want to have more conversations with people that can help people, yeah. right? And if I want to do that, I need to use my cash to, to make things move in other directions. Yeah. It's as simple as that. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a really good thing. Like, you look at, like, basketball players, like, you know, all the top basketball players, they've all got a team around them. You know, the, everyone has a full team. Like, they've got masseuses, they're the dietitians, everything, right? And that's how they invest back. That's how they invest back into themselves. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, you should do that too, like, once you get to certain levels and things like that. So, well, you remember what you said to me before the podcast. You said mm-hmm. to me, who, who who inspires you, Joe Rogan? I yeah. said, I said, yeah, I like Joe. I like what Joe's doing, but I'll, but what, who inspires me is Mr. Beast. Yeah, Mr. Beast. Because yeah. Mr. Beast, you got. I want to be like the Mr. Beast of podcasting, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, I have it on YouTube as well, which I do. But like, what does Mr. Beast do that I love so much? Mr. Beast takes all the money he makes from his 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 content and makes more content yeah it's great content and it's great content and keep doing that and that's all i want to do i'm like okay cool so like i'm even i'm even coming into thinking now okay i'll get a few sponsors for the podcast this that and the other i'll take that cash and spend it on upgrading all the content again yep. and take more cash and spend it and keep i want to invest and upgrading every, yeah. you and upgrading everything yeah, like bro. you know there's so many things you can do like you like you look at actors and stuff like they're constantly training anyone with like really really good speech or really really good on youtube they've all gone invested in themselves and gone doing like some acting classes it's, it's like I, when you look at the amount of of money and time that me and you have both mm. put into our like personal brands yeah right 100%. right we've grown our personal brands and and on all this stuff to make things happen you i mean do you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you invest the websites, the yep. Instagrams, the promote, the the the, the paid traffic mm-hmm. to to gain a following, to yep. get your content in more eyeballs, mm-hmm. all this stuff that people don't understand. You know, and 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 then and and adding value to people's lives in different ways yep. to, in order to be able to be worth people following you. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. All, all that all that stuff like, like that you put into it. One of the biggest things I can like stress on is making sure like your personal brand is always on point like work on your personal brand while you're working on your drop shipping or while you're working on your business yeah. stuff like that. and the best way to do it is by best being a good guy and making sure when you do a business deal you make sure the business deal goes through yeah or you make sure everything's fair and like yeah. that's the biggest thing like i always like to make sure things are fair win-win win-win win-win, win-win. that's it and like every, 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 name every, can go down the toilet instantly well you don't want you don't want anyone to ever feel like you've you've this is this is a great point, mate, because when you when you structure a deal, mm-hmm. any deal, whether it's removing a piece of content online or whether it's uh, – I'll, I'll give you an example, actually. Uh, someone came to me today and said, um, I want to recover – recover my account they put yep. some, you know it's one of these adult content people um only fans people lost their account and they said to me how much does it cost to recover it and i said it's it i said the price and I said it's guaranteed and it's like guaranteed or it's your money back yeah so oh but that's too expensive i'm like yeah well you go try to do cheap and see how that works out yeah for you. but you spend this cash it's guaranteed and if you it's don't, if, 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 well. if you if you if you spend the cash and get it done by someone who who knows what they're doing mm-hmm. Then, if it doesn't get done for whatever reason, we'll just refund you the cash. Yeah. And you know where we are, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the benefit of like you're you're you're, you're putting your personal yeah. reputation on the but line. But ninety nine percent of services don't get fulfilled, especially yeah. if you're buying it like online stuff like that. Even with like reputable people, as soon as you're not in the same country with them, anything can happen. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. you know, like I've had many experiences, but like 
you know, as as you grow bigger and stuff, you start building like connects. So you say like, all right, I need to get something done. I'll go to Frankie now. Yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just work it. You work it. So like, um, well, we all, you know, we, we all look grow. after we all look after each yeah. other in the space because obviously, like you, you know, if I need some help with the ecom, yeah. I'll come to you and Lester, yeah. and you might come to me with other stuff, and 100%. it all it all works its way around. It does. Every every everyone's like. It, the the space is big, but the space is small. Mm-hmm. But like you say, the 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 most valuable thing that they can understand from this podcast is the fact of what you've just said about the personal brand, which is the personal brand gives you the ability to connect with people, and then and then f- f- you can do business deals, and you can structure things, and you mm-hmm. can make things move, and. It, you can open doors for you yeah. like like I don't fucking buy into all this blue tick shit on Instagram mm. I don't buy into that at all yeah. mate but let's just be honest right it fucking helps oh mate it fucking helps <laughs> it fucking helps it's, it it's, helps dramatically it's, it's, it's a fucking ball ache to yeah. to to tick all the boxes that's required for Instagram for you to be, so you got to you got to market yourself essentially um, and build up your brand mm-hmm. in order to be considered to be. Oh well, like yeah, that. you got to be like notable. You got You got You got to be a notable person in to even get to the level where you can be, right? Yeah. But 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 is but but even though it takes so much time and effort and all that to become to become that. When you get there, and I'm not one of these people that buys into it, you don't see me partying or anything mm. like that, trying to flex on this shit, but that is fucking useful. It is it fucking is useful. useful, and it opens doors, and it allows you to book guests that other people can't book, yep. and it allows you to do all these kind of things, and 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 if there's anything that you guys get out of this podcast, just fucking make sure that your biggest investment in your whole entire life from this point forward is yourself. So whether that's PR, whether that's advertising you as a person, whether that's whatever it is, anything that you can do in your personal name and put paid paid ads behind yep. it and, and this, that, and the other and build up your credibility in the space is worth doing. Yeah, it's basically like you're paying to get famous and it gets paid for. You're basically getting paid to get famous. So like if you do um, want to like build up your personal brand and sell services or you wanted to sell anything, like there's so yep. many different things. You can go and sell Shopify stores. You can... Like, you literally just be a website builder and build people website. Like, there's so many avenues you can go into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, the more you put into your personal brand and build that reputation up, it only flourishes. And And you you can't really fuck it up. Yeah, exactly. Because you could, you could, you can quite easily, if you spent enough, if you spent a good six months doing it, Mm. you could not only be making like a, a, a good six figure wedge out of, out of the investment that you've made. Not only can you make a good six, just just for being yourself mm-hmm. but then you've got all the other other you things get all the you, bonuses. You, you can get all the bonuses yeah. with it you know you'll get people reaching out to you this and the other and it's it starts to it starts to create these things like in order for in order to obviously go and book bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger guests yeah. you have to you have, that have runs on the board you have to have some form of collateral you have to build an audience you know i've had to be, i've had to work hard to yeah. build you know the, it's the, the reputation the reputation stuff well. like stuff. you know this is my first podcast i've been on and um i've knocked back a lot and you know my partner holly she's just like you got to get on that and i'm like damn it all right lock it yeah because you know cause I was a bit wh- shy. Wh- why why was she why was she like that um because your reputation you know because she's like man this is a huge podcast great opportunity you know and that's because your clout is fucking awesome you know and for me, I was like, damn, like I'm super shy, like to jump on this sort of stuff. I've never done it before, you know, yeah. but I'm like, you know, I've got to do it. No, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Like, and it's not, it's not about clout or anything like that. It's just, yeah. it's just like, I fucking love it. 
Yeah, I do. fucking love it. And, and, it's and, such a vibe, bro. Like, I went through all your stuff the other day, and it was such a vibe. Loved it. Loved it how you sort of tell a story as well. Yeah, like, well, that, that, I, just, I just, I just, every time I come on here, I want to deliver anyone that's listening to this value, mate. Yep. That's why I go into, like, okay, well, how have you done that? Like, what's what's your advice on that? Like, yeah. I try to dig in so that I want them to be there, like, literally, like, taking mental notes or taking notes in their iPhone, just, just, okay, cool. And then if you, if you go through my back catalogue of content and then put all the notes together on all hey, the people that I've, that I've brought to the, to the people's ears, I fucking can't see how it can't in like another 12 months time. I can't see how it can't be one of the biggest podcasts that Australia's yeah. ever fucking seen. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even get into podcasting. I wouldn't even mm. fucking pick the mic up if I didn't think I could build that. Yeah. Because, I just think there's so many podcasts out there and so many of them are shit. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be a shit one. I'm trying every day. Rep, 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 rep. Yep. And getting people like you on that don't, don't, that like, okay, like, we've got some funny stories out in the start and we've got some journey stuff, but we get into the nits and nits and nitty and gritty of yeah. how people can actually execute on it. Mm-hmm. The personal brand is so important, but what else do you, you think is a key consideration for these lot that want to just really move the needle in 2022? Okay, so I think like um, obviously 2021, um, everyone was like really, really getting around crypto and NFTs and everything like that, which is like really, really good. I know lots of people that do really, really well um, and it will be continuing into the future. But I think like where I think I want to head with a lot of stuff is I want to be selling things through um, like crypto services. So if you do like a service, they pay in crypto. Yeah. Um, I want to get into the space of crypto. So we've already been like talking about like maybe making like a small it's not a metaverse as such but like a thing for sincere sally where like girls can go on and try the jewelry on yeah and they can make like an avatar yeah and they can sort of like you know um go and see what they look like with the jewelry on everything like that so i think like these sort of spaces um like e-com um your cryptos your nfts 100 percent all that like i think that's where people should be focusing if they if they're a startup so like if you're a really really good artist you know, try to find a developer, put some of your art online and then go and run some Facebook ads to it. Or like, you know, if you want to get into drop shipping, I would be looking more at branding your drop shipping store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. be just throwing up crap because if you throw up crap, it comes with a lot of issues. You, you have to build, back Yeah, you have to you have to build the name around it, but I really want to dig in on that mm-hmm. point that you've just made there, which is so fucking good. Is the fact of like selling ser- selling ser- services, which is what we said is a real yeah. real good thing for people to do. It's, it's a great fast way to make money online, yeah, right? The definitely. fastest way to make money oh, online. 100%. The fastest way to make money online. Listen to me very fucking closely right now. Mm. Sell services online, and you don't even have to know how to provide the service because you can get someone else to do the service in part. 100%. Right? Listen to what I fucking just told you. That should hit your fucking ears and should smash you right between the eyeballs and it should wake you right up. Hundred uh, percent. Do you know what I mean? Because that. But then the the kicker is this: you can sell your services for like US dollars, Australian dollars, pounds, whatever you want. But you can also you can also sell your services for crypto, yeah. right? Which allows you to accumulate the crypto you want to accumulate by providing the services you want to provide. Yep. So you know you might be able to now you you know get a thousand dollars of Bitcoin at mm-hmm. the time for a two hundred and fifty dollars service. Do you know what I mean? Like, so, so, so it's a great way. For, it's a great way for you to accumulate crypto, mm-hmm. but without physically using your own cash to go yeah. and buy the crypto and, and another thing is is like with it as well like i wouldn't be using payment processes and things as such with um services because you know as soon as, soon as something goes wrong you guys have a disagreement um all the power goes back to them so you know if you're an upstanding person you want to have the power 
because it's yeah. like you know you're going to do the service and then like if the service went bad just refund them and you can refund them but so, so getting, how how do how do you hold the power then because um, because a lot can't but, charge back so what happens is with um like, so w- w- what payment system are you using then um so if like usually um we would use like Stripe something like that PayPal yeah yeah but, but they do chargebacks yeah yeah so like say you do a service for someone give them like say hundred thousand followers and um they just turn around and charge you back and you're just like it's a scam like they've scammed you yeah so with this here like um if you're doing it in crypto and then you give like follower service so um once they get their followers it's just like the deal's done they can't really argue with it because it's like the deal's done and by follow by follower service you're you mean like one of these celeb campaigns like floyd floyd like floyd mayweather doing a giveaway um yeah not not always just that it's more like um they have like like meme pages and stuff and then like you drive traffic to basically everyone that's following it yeah yeah, things like that so But yeah, but there's like loads of different ways to do it. But the thing is, when you do sell a service, one in 10 people or one in 20 people will just charge you back because they can. Yeah. You know, and this is so how are you up. avoiding that? You, you get get paid in crypto. Just get paid in crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been, we've only just started selling services um, like recently, but um, it was like we more moved into that because alongside my personal brand, like there's nothing really that generates an income that pushes my brand. So if we sell a little bit of services on the side, it goes straight back into my personal brand and we grow it. Yeah, that that that, that that's exactly what I do. I, I that's what that's why the service model works works yeah. for me. I'm just like, okay, I will I will sell the services, whether it be content removal services or other services that I'm doing in regards to social media. Mm-hmm. I'll sell the I'll sell the services and then I'll you know, I'll put this put the money behind I'll put I'll put like a twenty five percent away for marketing yep. to keep the keep it rolling. I'll put twenty five percent in the tax account, mm-hmm. I'll put twenty five percent back in my personal brand and twenty five percent back in the podcast and just yep. break it up like that. Everyone everyone wins. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like just to keep it nice and simple. I mean it's yeah. a bit more complicated, complicated than that. Yeah, but, of but but I'll break it that's that's the way I break it down. So for every four thousand dollar deal you did, yep. you can put a thousand dollars into each pot and not and not yep. and not and worry about it. Sometimes you might move it into a different part because you might want to work on more on like building the marketing up, or you might want to yep. move more to like you know getting more content done. So you might hire a videographer yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because we had a full time videographer back in two thousand nineteen that followed me and three of the boys around that we had a business together, and so we basically were like pumping all this content out, everything like that, and then by the end of it. Um, yeah, we never even put any of it on YouTube, but it was funny. Like we had great times. It forced yeah. us to have insane times. Yeah, I think I think if I if I ever well when I, when I do go traveling again, I will hire a full time videographer for the time that I'm traveling because yeah. it, because now when you've got, when you're building this personal brand, it's stupid not to. Mm-hmm. One, it's a tax write off, and two, you, you, that that content is great for for marketing what you do and and building building trust in the marketplace yeah. at the end of the day if you're provide if you go if you go to the marketplace let's just break this down for you with this podcast right if i cut if i turn up to you for 100 episodes and i'm just constantly providing you value value mm-hmm. value value maybe one day when you want to remove online content maybe you'll yep. consider content removal.com yep. maybe you will maybe you fucking won't maybe you go somewhere else mm-hmm. but maybe you'll think do you know what frankie's fucking provided me value in my years for years yep. and years and years maybe i'll maybe i'll maybe i'll come to him for content removal yeah, definitely. and that's that's the game that's the game that all of you are in mm-hmm. you're all in the game where you provide value to the world and then the world will pay you back one two three four five ten well, percent of what thing, you provide yeah like the biggest thing i do like i'm very generous like 
I'm just splashing out, splashing out. And you know what? It always comes back to me like, but it doesn't come back to me in money or anything, but it might come back to me in an idea or someone's like, yo, try this out. Like everyone's super open book with me, like it builds trust. Like, you know, a lot of people will share ideas with me that are like very private ideas. And like, and then I'll be you like, get, oh yeah, you get I can use a little bit of this. And they're like, that hundred percent, bro. You know, you get you get, inv- you get invites to the party. Like, yeah, you get it, to invites everywhere. Which is it, 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 no, I mean invites to the party in business yeah, as well. Yeah, it's true. So like, yeah. it's like some some of the NFTs that I've bought mm-hmm. um, that are now going to be that are now going to be blue chips. It's like yep. because like I made I made uh, friends with JF who who Jason Frankovich who yep. Falovich who, who, who owes an NFT, NFT with Mark yep. Cuban. It's like well, he said to me that. He said to me on the podcast, he's like, I wouldn't do any other podcast other than your podcast because mm-hmm. I just, I just like you. I, yeah, I'm that's like, that's cool. sick, bro. That's sick. Like, and then, and then obviously since that relationship, we talk a bit about NFTs and he'll tell me some things and it's useful, isn't it? It's useful yeah, information. It's super useful. How fucking useful is that? And plus you made a good mate, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah. And it wasn't, and, it, and, and guess what? There's mm. never been no cash involved. Yeah, that's and, it. And it's just about building relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the funniest thing. Like, you know, I still feel uncomfortable hitting people up because I just literally just want to hang out because I like their vibe and I know they're good at business. And I'm like, fuck it, how you going? Like, blah, blah. And it helped with the blue tick now because it's like it gets me in the right circles when I need to be in there and stuff. And it's like I just really enjoy just hanging out with people that want to talk about the same ideas that I've got and, you know, help me build my business, and I want to help them build theirs. Like, I get super passionate about all this, you know? Yeah, yeah, So yeah, it's yeah. like, I know I've got loads of value. Like, every yeah, time I talk to yeah. someone in depth, like, you get me on the piss, I'll tell you some nitty-gritty stuff. In regards to, like, some of the... Some of the do you learn mostly, then, off... I suppose now you're learning mostly off your other people and your peer group, but when you started, and do you, and, and I suppose even now, do you still learn a lot of, like, YouTube and books? And if you learn, if you do read books, like, what kind of books do you read? Um, so I don't read books, but um, I YouTube everything. So, so what's your method behind not reading? Um, I'm just... I just can't read. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like it's never been like something I've focused on or anything. I've never actually finished a book from front to back. So um, it's just not something I'm really that interested in. Um, I'm a very bouncy person. So, you know, if I read half a page of a book, I'm like thinking about like before when I was like um, sitting here and I sort of lost track of my what I was talking about was literally because my mind's always wandering and it's always thinking and thinking. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Mate, I, f- I fucking vibe you know, on that. So I, I cannot read a book. I literally, for me to sit down here for the one, two hours, like, it's pretty good. Yeah, Like, I'm not yeah. very disciplined in that area. So, yeah, I don't do books. Um, Even though what I love about books is, like, someone that could be 100 years ago and they've had a whole experience. Whole life, life experience, yeah. And you get it in one book and you yeah. can soak that in. Like, I think that's fucking incredible, you know? But yeah, but like YouTube, I'm a huge YouTuber. So I think outside the box a lot. So when I'm, um, and when you have a very good idea of different areas of marketing and business and everything like that, you watch a YouTube video and they might be working on this one area and then you can implement that straight into um, your areas, you know? And and one thing I want to highlight from what you just said there Mm. is the fact of like, with you guys listening to this, when it comes to watching content like Bryce is saying on YouTube, only watch content that you can directly implement into your life that day or that week. Stop watching Stop watching content which is 100 miles from where you are because that's what fucking pisses me off about people. People watch content 
that they cannot fucking they implement. Grasp. They They can't implement. Yep. So there's no point watching an interview with Elon Musk talking about landing a rocket on fucking <laughs> Mars, right? When you could watch how to post... An, how, how to How to build a Shopify store. Yep. How to launch a fucking viral ad on TikTok. Yep. That is more applicable to where you're at right now. So do that. Yeah, so when I'm on YouTube, I'm not just on there just looking at stuff. I'm actually I'm actually anti like Tony Robbins, I'm anti Gary V. I'm actually anti everyone like that because they're all hype guys and you know, they use hype to suck people in and pay them yeah. for crap. Like they're like a broken record. So basically I don't listen to any of that motivational junk. Like to me I actually hate all that. What I do is I I have a goal and I go to YouTube, I find the goal. And I watch and watch and watch. But while I'm doing it, I'm implementing. So yeah. um, I might watch a 10-minute video, but it takes me half a day because I have to keep rewinding and going back. And then I'll yeah. stop and I'll muck around. But and then the, get distracted. With but at things. the end of the day, what you've got, Bryce, is the fact that you, you've got a new tool that's implemented in your business or in your life or yep. or you've, you've personally developed in that area that you mm-hmm. search for. So you've not just gone to YouTube to get caught up in the algorithm, which no. is what a lot of people do. They go to yep. YouTube, they get caught up in the algorithm, and now they're down the vortex. It's part of the reason I've been... Um, culling my Instagram the people that I'm following not because I don't like the people I do like the people I'm following but it's just the content that they're posting doesn't add any value to my life for what I'm looking for at this moment well I did a very similar thing so so I'm not following it yeah I did a very similar thing Um, I cut down my followers by about three like two thirds and it wasn't because of anything like I wasn't thinking this it was just like I want to just make sure I'm focusing and seeing things that I need to see to grow my business and it was like you know like people can still talk to me in the DMs and things, yeah. but it's just like I was overwhelmed by seeing everyone stuff all the time, and I was just like, I just want to focus on me and focus on my team and yeah. growing the business and everything like that. I I I, un, I unfollowed all the people that post funny videos. I unfollowed a lot of OnlyFans people. I unfollowed I unfollowed like anyone that's like always posting modeling photos and all this that and the other because I need to watch people like Naval talking about how to create uh, more wealth, abundance, more, more, more honesty, more love, more happiness mm. in your life. Yep. I need to watch stuff like that. I need to, I need to, I need right. to, I need to see what are the, t- I don't want to see all the, all the middle, middle of the road podcasters and what they're doing. I'm not fucking interested. Yeah, I want to see what the top, what the top of the game's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about Rogan. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about fucking like Russell Brandon. I'm talking about people like Aubrey Marcus. I want to know what they're doing. Oh, the rest of them, I couldn't give a fuck about. Yeah. Not, 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 not because I don't like them. Not because I got anything against them. It's because yeah. that's not where I'm fucking going. Yeah, you've got a journey. And if you, you it, to it, yeah. in, and if, and if, if most people analyze, and I keep drilling on. To, I've drilled into this on about three podcasts because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to knock it home for people. Yeah. I I obviously I post some some stupid stories like me about being a bald legend or something stupid, <laughs> right? Or fucking yeah, yeah. or or some stupid fucking thing. But eighty percent of the content I post is just me trying to give people value. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what? You need the other stuff to break it up anyway. Yeah, you need you know because you don't. Want to be, but yeah. but you got to be looking at stuff that motivates you and pushes you towards who you who where you want to go. Hundred percent. And it, with all those people that I've unfollowed, I liked them all. Some of them were friends from England. It's nothing personal. It's just, yeah. it's just. I can't be fucking. I can't be involved in COVID conspiracies yeah. or this or that. You know what? You always friends with them on Facebook too. If they need yeah, to chat, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. Instagram's quite a different platform. Everyone thinks you got to be following because you know them. You know, it's not like that at all. It's like you follow people you want to see content. 
Yeah. You know? And getting back to the YouTube things, we got a little bit yeah. diverted then. Um, the biggest thing is on YouTube that um, I take, well, you guys can take away from this, is um, when I'm going and finding certain things on YouTube that I want to study, sometimes I'll study it and then it doesn't implement correctly into my business, but I've still got that tool in my belt. And, you know, at 6, 12, two years down the track, you might meet someone that's in this different industry, but yep. you can relate and actually have a conversation about what you learned two years ago. Yeah. And then they're like, oh my God. So, like, you get this broad um, knowledge of absolutely everything. And that's where yep. probably one of my other superpowers is, is like, I've got a very broad knowledge about everything and anything to do with like your businesses, um, you know, selling things online to selling things in shops. Like, you know, I had a friend, um, I was talking to him about some stuff and he wanted to know best way to do paid traffic. And I was like, well, maybe we can just um, use it where it's like word of mouth where you hit up all the um, cab ranks to talk about people to go to um, like that are going to a destination and they can like sales pitch the people in the back instead of going to that destination, go to another destination. So you, it's all about like the lead generation. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, like yeah. he has a travel company. So it's like running Facebook ads all around the world. It's very expensive, you know, but like if you can go straight to the source of leads, you know, which is word yeah. of mouth, get the cab, like give the cab guys a like a percentage and they can like um, hustle for you and you know it's just a percentage fee so it's not like any cash up front anything like that and it's kind of guaranteed so if you make if they get a sale they get 30 percent, he gets 70 percent, and also he gets a new client which has like a lifetime value yeah so like i don't just do online stuff in that sense like i have a very broad knowledge of sales so that's another thing you got to learn like if you can learn sales sales sales. that's the biggest thing like lead generation because because you know, lead generation, lead generation, market, marketing, and sales are the most important skills that you can learn on mm. on on percent. And obviously, coding as well. Coding's what code. If you can learn how to code, yeah, you, you you'll you'll set yourself up for fucking life. Well, but but one of the fastest. If I was gonna, if I was, if I was completely fucking on my back broke today, yeah. I would literally spend a week watching how to launch tiktok ads right and i would set up a tiktok marketing agency Mm -hmm. i would set up a tiktok marketing agency tomorrow crazy cpms Mm -hmm. crazy amount of value you can launch it in a fucking week you can learn it all on youtube all you gotta do is spend the time looking at it if you've if you know facebook you can instantly go to tiktok tiktok is like 10x cheaper 10x cheaper for cpms and also, it's 10 times easier to use because it's basically they've used like very similar staff, I reckon, because they yeah. run it very yeah. similar. Yeah. And um, so basically, they've got all this F- Facebook's infrastructure, but it's even better now. So, you know, they've also got all the targeting. Targeting works like, you know, um, iOS you can works optimi- on you can, opt- you can optimize. I've been, I've, I've been testing this TikTok. Yeah, okay, cool, I've been cool. testing this TikTok thing, right? So I was on about fucking 5,000 followers organically mm-hmm. on TikTok. So I thought, oh, I'll, te- I'll test this. I'll, t- I'll load up a few, few like $350 every time. You load up, you yep. buy 16,000 coins on, because they made, they've, token, they tokens? they've, they've tokenized okay. it on TikTok. Yeah. Well, the way I do it anyway. Yeah. I don't know if it's like that for everybody. <laughs> oh, no, we just chuck a card on it now. Yeah. You or, ch- you, or they give you pre-spend. Yeah, yeah, the pre-spend, like the way you do it, right? But I didn't know all that. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't, I thought, do you know what? I don't have time for all that. I just got to just try this. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, I'll load it up with the 16,000 coins. I spent. I did a follow. I did a follow campaign, bro. Yeah. Because you can select follow a campaign and and took my most viral video that had already gone organic and I just put ad spend behind it. Yeah. Boosted the fuck out of it, and then fucking 
2,000 followers later, I'm like, okay, sweet, do that again, do that yep. again, do that again. I'm up to 11.4 now. Mate, it's insane. It's like, insane, mate. It's like, insane. All, 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 all proper, all proper. Mm. It's insane. But that's it. Like um, TikTok, I've done, like I've run a lot of products on TikTok. We haven't touched on TikTok much in this talk. But TikTok is very similar to Facebook. Um, obviously, the CPMs, you've got to have a lot more gimmicky products on there. Yeah. So if you're going to run TikTok stuff, you want to have gimmicky products. Um, using like a very, like, you can either use Cameo or like um, a low-level influencer, like a mid, mid-tier influencer. What's a mid-tier? Micro, I don't know, like 100K followers. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you've got your macro or like your micro ones, which are like 5, 10K followers. Yeah. But if you can get something like that and then they have the product and they're like making like a bit of either making fun out of it or just showing them using it, but in a, I guess like a pop culture way that like relates with like that demographic that goes on to TikTok. They're like the most viral products ever. Like I've seen multiples of people doing like 150K days. What's the the most you've done on a day on a product on TikTok? Um, So TikTok, I actually find it really, really difficult. I think I've done like 20, 30K days. Um, So with TikTok, a lot of the stuff that um, like I run and things, it doesn't seem to scale well because TikTok will have a day where it will like be super, super good. And then the next day it'll be completely trash. And it's just like they're hitting you with bot, bot, um, like we actually tested it and it was sending us loads of traffic from like um, Singapore and stuff, which is like bot traffic because we're not even like, um, like basically we're not even running it to Singapore and we get like four or 500 right. people from, t- from Singapore. And it's just like all these different tests we do and there's traffic coming from areas it shouldn't be coming from. How, how are you, man? Are you using something like Hyros to... No, 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 no. Um, I just do it by feel, I guess. Are you talking yeah, about with yeah, um, managing? With the, with the tracking, with the tracking. Oh, the tracking. I just do it like P&Ls each day, everything yeah. like that. Like when you look at it all the time, it you comes know. on feel. You know. Yeah, you can feel it with the spend and you just look at the CPMs and then, you know, your cost per purchase, things like that. I pretty much go off cost per purchase a lot of the time in your CPMs. And so, because that's when you know when you're getting like product fatigue and stuff. Like if your CPMs are still the same, but the sales are going down, you're getting product fatigue which means you're burning out the product. So it's like it's time to give up that product. But if your CPM is going up, it's saying that it's either um, TikTok or Facebook doesn't like it anymore. Yep. And they're saying like you need new content. Because another thing with TikTok is you need to rotate out the content like almost daily. Yep. So um, if you let an ad run for a long time, it just gets crapper and crapper. But they love new t- new content. So that's why they're trying to push drop shipping out of like all these um, like marketing, like paid traffic um, platforms. So... You need to be constantly updating your um, ads, even if they're the same ad over and over again, relaunch it every single day. And so with TikTok, a lot of people find um, find a lot of success with like day parting that as well, um, where you just sort of like, it's actually a good friend of mine, he does a lot of the day parting and he's teaching it and everything like that. And so basically, um, it's where you're going like intervals of the day where it's like the peak hour of traffic. And you load it up with massive budgets where it spends like, say, five ten thousand dollars in one hour. Yeah. And yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's yeah. how you get the best traffic. So um, but yeah, with me, I'm not really doing much of that sort of stuff at the moment, just because payment processors don't like big bursts. Right. So okay. um I'm sort of like I'm a bit old school still. Um, you know, I still use a lot of the new tricks and I'm like I develop a lot of the new tricks as well, which is like what keeps my reputation fresh. Because I'm always yeah, one step ahead of innovating. everything, you know, and like as soon as I find something out, I let all the boys know. You it's know? Your, it's your it's your 
that's what I'd heard about you in the space mm. is from from a lot of the boys, and, and obviously me and you knew each other kind of anyway. Yeah. But but it's kind of like I'd heard from a lot of the boys that you're very you're always tinkering. Yeah, you're always tinkering, <laughs> figure, figuring shit out. Yeah, that's you true. Know? And then you, then you find a new little way to yeah. spin some more cash out of this budget, and yeah. it's just it's just really interesting. And I think do you know what? I think you've dropped a lot of golden nuggets in here for a lot of people. I hope mm. I hope you guys have got so much out of this from Bryce because. You know, we started off untechnical. We've gone fucking balls deep into technical the last yeah. hour in regards to this. But I really want to drill into the to the points that Bryce has made before we go and just say, look, the key things that came out of it for me is like build that the, you need to build this personal brand, guys. Like yeah. in terms of like it's very fucking important. It's very important that you 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 invest heavily in yourself. You know what I mean? Like you know you can go crypto you go nfts and go all this shit but at the end of the day that money's far better spent on you yeah definitely i think that's i think that's hundred percent like you've got to invest into yourself um like ever since like i got like the blue tick and then you know everything sort of grew like before that like you know i had like forty thousand followers and you know i was known in the the like the The e-commerce space yeah you know and like Everywhere I went in the world, everyone wanted to host me. They're like, yeah, come hang out. Because they just knew I was cool, knew I brought value and, you know, just being awesome. So, but when, as soon as I got sort of the blue tick and stuff like that, it's like, um, I actually put my um, pr- my um, Instagram on private now because it's like, I don't want people like, because like, everyone comes onto my, my profile and they'll like, be like trying to hit me up and stuff like that. They don't even follow me or anything like that. So it's yeah. like, if you want to see all my content, give me a follow or like if you just want to sit there and try to steal my content because a lot of people will come along and like say like in the last six months I haven't really put much e-commerce stuff on my personal brand because I've been too busy working you know so um but in the past I used to put up like lots of like random things to do with e-com people would come in and rip my stores people would come in and rip this rip that so now it's sort of like you know, I make See, sure yeah. that everyone that wants to be around it and learn, it's like, you got to follow me and you're locked in. And it's like, I can see who you are. You know, I know if you're going to go and rip me and stuff like that. And I can like let different people in on my Instagram that I know are like reputable and stuff because I don't want, like this year I'm going to be building my brand and like, you know, me and my partner are going to be traveling the world. And basically like we're off to Mexico on Monday and we're basically just going to travel the world, build Sincer Sally and make sick vlogs, you know, but I don't want, like all the haters that like mm. just look Does, and then not do anything and all that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? So you're just gonna literally just travel around and build since that, that's Yeah, time. that's pretty much it. So this yeah, year, full focus on Sincelli. That's why all the other brands have sort of put a pause on them. Yeah, like they were running automated and stuff like that, but they were very heavy stress. Yeah, not I, th- much I think Bryce said earlier that he's gonna gift one to the podcast. Oh yeah, nice. G- g- gift, I can definitely help you out with g- one. Gift, gift, gift a brand. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, they're, they're cool brands, but yeah. like they're a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, there's yeah. easy ways i can show you a lot of easier ways yeah. to make money with and like uh, if, one product if, sort of if, stuff. if he does stay up to that i'll i will um i'll be passing on the knowledge to you guys on the youtube channel anyway once up once i'm up to speed on some of these ways that lester's showed me some wizardry too so yeah lester's great and he, he's, a, he's a great guy but mate i just want to say like you know we didn't we didn't go into your wild partying stories but yeah, maybe next this, time this this isn't the podcast but guys i hope you've got an immense amount of value on this 
I hope you understand the key points that have been drilled home. Um, and, mate, thank you so much for your well, time. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate no, it. It, it. It's beautiful, man. And, guys, do me a solid favour, yeah? If this content hit your ears at the right time, share it with all your friends. Share it with your family members. Share it with people that you think would be interested. Share it on social media for me. Help me get this into as many people's ears as possible. DM us messages on Instagram in regards to how you've how you felt about the content it's it's sir dot bryce isn't it yeah sir dot bryce sir dot bryce on instagram we'll ta- i'll tag that i'll tag him and at frankie lee on instagram too so guys do me a favor help me help me push this to more ears i'm putting fucking working he is, he is, <laughs> i'm hustling for this he is hustling i tell but, you but but um but guys just all i can say is fucking watch watch this back twice listen to it back twice make notes make notes on all my podcasts there's a lot there's a lot of value in these man. yeah definitely i'm telling you i'm telling you there's a lot of value like so just do me a solid favor and make sure you execute on what we're telling you yep. so much love have a blessed day have a blessed week let's go don't forget to subscribe to the frankie lee podcast